And welcome to episode 84 of the Misanthropod. I'm Snipe, and as always, I'm joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello. And we are also joined by a very special guest this week, Ian Watson. Say hello. That's your cue. <laughs> I'm not saying hello to that. <laughs> okay, like, so I'll do it properly. I'm also joined by Drama Matt, whose pen name is Ian Watson. <laughs> Say hello. I don't want to. <laughs> hello, but I'm not. My my saying hello is not agreement with what you said. <laughs> okay, sure. Response is not endorsement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, how are you, lovely gents, doing this this fine, very warm day? I'm okay. Everything is fine. It's nearly my birthday. Yeah. In fact, it will have been my birthday by the time you hear this podcast. 11th of August, the Christmas in August is what some people call it. <laughs> Namely me. Namely him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay. How are you, Matt? I'm great. I'm, it's good to be back. I've been away for a little while. You have. You have. We... Uh, well, we needed you to come back because we've had a Scotsman and an Irishman, so we needed the Englishman to come back to complete the trite jokes. <laughs> if you're not English enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm 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 a fixture. My name's okay. on the door. Okay. Like, yeah. I... So is Drama Mats. Not on the channel. Yeah, it is. It's not with Drama Mat. I changed it. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put in the paper. I'm, I'm, I just don't want my name associated with you until you've got at least you know your silver play button. Okay, that's, that's fair. fair. That's, that's fair. fair. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. You, that's don't, okay. you, you don't want to be messing with no basic bitches. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> can I just take this opportunity? I just want to thank thank um, long friend and Oculus friend for doing an excellent job of filling in for me. I have listened to the episode, which was fucking weird, not hearing myself <laughs> on them. Because it, it's taken it's taken me the eight eighty odd episodes, or however I didn't start at the start seventy five episodes to get used to hearing my own voice. And now when I didn't, it's like when you go to a gig and you don't play. For yeah. us, it's like something just feels yeah. a bit wrong. But no, I get you. I, I, I get very you. much enjoyed the episode with those two, so thank you both. Yeah, th- th- those were some banging episodes. They did very well. They did good. They, they did, did good. good. They we are very grateful. Good. Yes, good friends. Um, so how is married life treating you, Matthew? Because, uh, yeah, yeah. Drone Matt's married now mm. to Warmaster Roost. Yay. I don't, I don't sound not excited about it because I'm not excited. It's just marriage... It it doesn't really change anything. Yeah, but now you get special like marriage rings. Oh well, I lost mine the day after the wedding, so. Really? Well, it was like a quid from Amazon, it, so it's fine. That I didn't pay. <laughs> okay, you stole it from Amazon. Yeah, you snuck it and it didn't quite fit. So the plan was to buy another one. It was too cheap to resize, so the plan was yeah. always to buy it. So it's not a big deal that I lost it, but it's still quite fun that I managed to lose it the morning after. Well, I, I, if I technically know exactly where it is, does it count as lost? No. Oh, well, I guess I haven't. Although technically... that does sound like you've um. Did you lose it at the bottom of a lake or something? No, he no. Threw I was re- it into the ocean. I was reaching behind something in a shed, like at the um, at, at with folks where the after party type camping bit was. 
and I was reaching over to take some fairy lights off something, and it fell down the back of like a bit in the shed. So like Are technically, you... I could get it by dismantling the whole shed, but that's really not worth it for a one pound ring off Amazon. That I, I, didn't I pay feel for. that you're you're lying to cover up from the fact that you got mugged by a shed spider, <laughs> and there's a spider out there with an amazing like like really tacky Amazon one pound ring waistband. <laughs> you see. Matt, I realise that when, um, let's be honest, idiots uh, say that uh, millennials are like ruining the sanctity of marriage, they are talking specifically about you. <laughs> and you know what? I'm all for it because... Never they... ever change. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. If you want to do it, it's great. And I, I really wanted to. I don't know why. Society, I guess. But... You know, it is kind of like something that's always built up quite big, like from when like you start comprehending language and stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think it, like it's it's cool. It's fun. You get to have a big party. Yeah, well, we, also, it's, a, it's a great excuse to have a massive party. With yeah, like... and you get to see Ruth's dad without a shirt on. Yeah, let's let's not even. We'll, we'll leave we'll leave that to, to the next album cover, which I think is possibly going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, I did say I wanted that as an album cover. <laughs> But yes, so congrats again to you and Ruth. Uh, yeah, congratulations. How have you been tonight? I've been okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've done, because I've had a bunch of stuff happen, but nothing really podcast-worthy. Um, I've got a tattoo. Hey! That's pretty good. got a nice tattoo on my wrist, so I've actually got a small visible tattoo. I say small, it's like two inches big. But like... Still, it's fun. And <laughs> it's, it's small compared it. to your previous one. It's definitely small compared to my previous <laughs> one. And it only took like an hour and like 15 minutes. Nice. Which is pretty good. Um, got tattooed at Octopus Tattoo in Derby by Ben Shaw. Really good artist. Really good tattoo artist. Cannot recommend the dude enough. And it's of a tooth. It's it's a bloody tooth. Yes. Pardon my language. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And it's it's a reference to Night in the Woods, because of the tooth in that. Yes. Which I told Wib's stepdad the story and didn't add on that it was from a video game, and he looked fucking horrified. <laughs> it was tremendous. If you don't know, the, the very quick cliff notes of the story is that it is about a, uh, a, a boss at a mine knocking some guy's last tooth out so all of his co-workers pinning the boss down and pulling all of his teeth out and then they all kept one of the teeth as like a sign of uh, you know militant worker action <laughs> yep it's Which fine though no, nothing, nothing in that game is at all dark or anything oh god why have you got to get political drama Matt <laughs> and bring in politics into in Tonight in the Woods, which is so obviously an apolitical yeah. game, which in and of itself is not a political statement or anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's only like first fucking ten minutes and we're already getting into this. Didn't you spend like the entire time getting tattooed talking 40k? The entire ben? time. And then like the other guy, Matt Bone, which is an amazing His name. His name is Matt Bone. His name That's is Matt best, Bone. Best Good. <laughs> That is the best. He came in and we, then we all started talking about 40k and he was like, yeah, I've got like a stack of white dwarfs and, and all this kind of stuff. And all. He's like, what, what army do you play? And I had my, my plaits in my hair and everything. And he just went, 
And like, I went, space? And he went, yeah, space wolves, I should have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like Ben Shaw was also, a, was also a space wolf player, so I picked a very good tattoo artist. <laughs> so yeah, that, like, literally like the hour and a half I was there, we were just talking about 40k. <laughs> nice. It was pretty cool, actually. It was very cool. But yeah, um, apart from that, I've played a game... You played a game, have I, you? I ha- well, I've played multiple games. I've played a bit of Dishonored, played some Sims 4, etc. But, like, new games, I've I've been playing Planescape Torment. Ah, a classic. Yes. Now, I never played this at the time, but they did release the Enhanced Edition, and I was like, ooh, because I've never heard a bad word against that game. No. no. I haven't, don't think I've ever heard of that one. It's um based on, you know, like, uh, the D&D kind of Planescape setting. Hmm. Of, uh, I think it's AD&D it's set in. Generally speaking, I assume that if there's something um, iconic, then it probably comes from AD&D. Mm. <laughs> I think it's generally so, a fairly decent um, guide. Yeah, yeah. So it's like second edition D&D. So it's like, I understand what it's saying. I understand Thacko. Not entirely sure how to apply that. <laughs> which is to hit AC zero, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like I, I, I know that. the term, but I don't know what the fuck really. I, I'm going to look it up after the podcast. So yeah, um, but yeah, you've got like loads of stats, and like you can you start out and you know assign your stats and stuff, which is everything starts at nine. So is, it, is, is like, it an RPG? Yeah. Okay. It's it's an RPG. Um, it's like it's like a point and click kind of like go talk to this person pick up a quest go and kill some skeletons isn't it sort of very similar to like Baldur's Gate sort of thing oh, okay, I guess yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah so yeah no it's 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 old so it looks pretty fucking terrible <laughs> um, it reminds me like in gameplay wise of Harv not Harvester what's the one where you play as Max the guy who's got the head bandages oh um so Sanitarium? Yes, yeah, sanitarium. It looks a bit like that. Oh, okay. Um, in in like game, and you play as the nameless one. Isn't your character you play as like a mortal? It's hinted at that. I mean, I know that I know that he is, but like, it's it's really interesting how it kind of tells you because like you basically you wake up in in a place called the mortuary, surrounded by just zombies. And they're just, like, pottering about. They're not, like, hostile or anything. They're just, like, doing, like, really mundane tasks. And, like... like recording podcasts and... No, worse than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Put, Putting up shelves? Yes. Well, there's, like, <laughs> some of them will just be carrying bandages or holding books. Building Billy bookcases. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you know, cutting Billy Bear ham. It's a lot of Billy-related things. It's really Billy, weird, It's, it's actually. actually really strange, yeah. Someone's taping Billy Connolly's World Tour of Australia. Mm. And, you know, it's, just, it's just a bit strange. Um, but a skull just starts talking to you. And he's like, hey, chief, what, what's going on? Like that. He's got like this American accent. But the thing is, his dialogue is very obviously written for an English, like, person. Okay. Uh, he refers to women as chits. Chits, as in C H I T. Oh, it's like, oh yeah, look at all these undead chits. They're 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 cute. They're eyeing me, and it's like, okay. But yeah, he's just a floating skull with eyeballs (laughs) that thinks that every female zombie you walk past is totally into him. Okay, he's a bit of a shithead, honestly. Um, 
But yeah, um, he wakes up, like, you wake up there and he's like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, um, hello? Where the fuck am I? And he's, you know, you, you talk to him and you realise that <clears throat> you're in a mortuary, you got brought in and you're kind of undead, but not really, maybe? And, like, you're, you're like, covered in scars mm. and you've got tattoos and there's, like, a ta- bunch of tattoos on his back that are just like, dear me! When you wake up, you won't remember anything. Find this guy. Um, Seems like that would be more convenient to write on your wrist or something. Yeah, you'd think, but like... Eh. <laughs> Rather than needing like a mirror and a friend to find out you've yeah, even so got like, something back Yeah, so the skull's there. like reading off your back. It's basically like... Like you do, like your character does turn around and go, God, like my body hurts, but apparently it hurts more because I have a fucking novel written on my back. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. So you go around and like, you know, you're examining all these zombies and like, they're just like, you go up and you like, you can say hello to them and you're like, hey, how's it hanging? And they just stare through you because they're just animated dead. And apparently you find out that the, um, the people that have put you there are referred to as the dustmen, and they was it they they like cremate bodies and stuff because they believe in true death, which is like basically they think reincarnation is blasphemous and terrible and bad. So they try and commit people to like true death and all that kind of stuff. Really weird take on a death cult, honestly. Hmm. And you meet this old guy who's like the scribe there who writes everyone's name in the dead book. And he's like, oh, it's you. And you're like, you know me? And he's like, yes. <laughs> Obviously, I know you. Like, he calls you Restless One, because apparently you just keep waking up. Okay. <laughs> like, you just won't fucking stay dead. And, like, he's just really bored of your shit. <laughs> um, I've, I met a tiefling who was a bit rude, but kind of helpful to me. Because you have to go get her, like, embalming fluid and stuff, and then she, like, stitches up your wounds, and you get, like, a max plus one to your HP, like, permanently. And I was like, oh, that's really cool, mm. actually. Um, yeah, I'm not at the uh, the mortuary yet, but no, I'm really digging where it's kind of going, because, like, you know, there's there's a lot of breadcrumbing. It, I'm really getting the D&D feel. Mm. Like, you know, you talk to the scribe, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't envy you. You're, you're doomed to walk the earth forever. And, you know, you've got to accept that you have to die and not reincarnate. reincarnate. And, you know, and the, the people who walk with you are, are doomed as well. And you're like, what people? And it's like, oh, yeah, they brought a bunch of dead people in with you. And it's like, where can I, you know, it's like, yeah. where can I find? It's like, there's a ledger around here. So you go find the ledger and stuff like that. And I'm like, the funniest thing about it so far is the main character's voice, which is stereotypical kind of gruff dude. <laughs> and like while you're talking to someone he'll go I've updated my journal <laughs> and you're like cuz there's no there's no real voice acting like apart from maybe like the initial kind of like response text to you yeah. like message like like clicking on them I really like the idea of um, this guy sitting there while someone's talking to him with his journal out, hastily scribbling, and then once he's finished, regardless slams of whether... Slams it shut. <laughs> like, while the person's still talking, just slams the book shut and is like, I have updated my journal, and the person's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, the rude one. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was quite funny, because I'm sitting there learning about it, and it's like, yeah, it's just Planescape, like, they're talking about sigil. Um, the The Lady of Pain is, like the menu screen ah. which the lady of pain is a really cool character from planescape who just floats around 
or like wanders around and if anyone like and if anyone even remotely catches like her ire which you know she'll basically just like flay you alive with a thought um she's like cuz like um sigil is basically every arch or or like like window or something like that they're all kind of portals and it's she sort of controls like a, all of them. Because isn't it like um, Planescape's like a hub world to all the different kind of realities yeah. in D&D? Yeah, as far as I know it is, yeah. And she basically controls Sigil. Mm. She's like, she's she's the doorkeeper. And like, she literally like, like no gods can get there because she doesn't want them to. So she's fucking powerful. And yeah, like... She like ooh, she's spooky. She's 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 a big <laughs> scary lady, and she's awesome. And yeah, she's predominantly she's she's the menu screen, and I'm like, that's actually really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks like I, I met a skeleton that was like, oh yeah, you need to walk, you know, like like you you like you need to get out of here, huh? And I'm like, yeah, uh, you need to tell me, otherwise I'll dob you into the guards. And he's like, oh shit, okay. Um, uh, you got to get out through the portals, and you're like, "What portals? Where are they?" And he's like, "They're literally everywhere," which is pretty accurate. And it's <laughs> like, um, and it's it's really cool because it's like, okay, what portal leads us? Oh, you need to go downstairs into like the east part, and that that doorway. If you have a finger bone in the shape of a of a hook, so basically like a finger bone like bent over, then that's the key, and you can walk through it, which is absolutely correct for Planescape because oh. yeah. Because, like, if you walk through a doorway with, say, like, holding a tray of tea, you could just be, like, literally bamfed into, like, the bottom of the ocean in a weird reality. Good, good. It's just the way that city works. So he's like, you need to get this and that's your key. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Because I never played Planescape. But I've always liked the idea of it. Because it's like, it's so weird and, like, time is, and like, well, like, you know reality is so fucked like because yeah like all these portals and everything it's just so cool yeah i'll be very interested to hear like because you just in like the very, very i'm basically start of the game, in the starting area i yeah. put it on the easiest mode because it's an older rpg oh, and oh, holy shit <laughs> yeah. old crpgs are just a mm-hmm. nightmare so like but if no if you want to play yeah. for the story then yeah just fucking do it like. yeah no I'm, I'm really interested in like the story and where it's gonna go so yeah that i've been playing that um also i've started watching only the first episode um at the recommendation of uh, of our friend unity uh black spot on netflix i have no idea what this is it's a, a french like um procedural show um about a town that i can't remember the name of because it's french and i'm a filthy idiot <laughs> And it's like a little black spot for like GPS and internet in the way that they don't really get it. It like signal is not really a thing. Like the bottom of any given Welsh valley. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. It is in the middle of a forest. <laughs> so yeah, um, and there's only like three police officers, and they have six times the national average for murders. <laughs> it's midsummer all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, it's like midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got this really good kind of grimness to it yeah. that I, I I like about a lot of like European stories like when it when it kind of goes through the dark stuff it's it's quite quite grim and realistic and just kind of like I don't know it it reminds me a lot of Dark which is a German Netflix series 
um, which was pretty good, pretty spooky as well. Um, I don't, I don't really know what I can say about that one without spoiling everything. Because <laughs> yeah, but no, Dark is another good, just eerie Netflix kind of like show. Um, but yeah, no, I've watched the first episode and it's it's pretty good. It's fucking weird and I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm digging that. Okay. Like my quote is from my current favorite character, whose nickname is Teddy Bear. <laughs> Um, which right. is like, they find a body in the woods and they're photographing it. And like, you know, there's like an infinity symbol carved on the tree and the main character, she touches it and it's like blood and he just sighs and goes, the birds are going crazy and the trees are bleeding. It's going to be one of those years. <laughs> and I was like, dude, <laughs> like that, that guy's ultimate mood. Just like, Ugh, fucking trees. <laughs> bleeding everywhere, making the crows all mad. But yeah, no, it's got a really good atmosphere, and they have a lot of antlers knocking about, which I am all for. <laughs> You're a simple being. If antlers are present, then you're happy. Yeah, usually. So yeah, no, I've only watched one episode of that, but yeah, it seems pretty cool. Okay. But yeah, uh, apart from like painting my uh, my army and all that other good stuff. Which one? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I see you've been keeping up with the misanthropod TM. I haven't um, finalised what I'm having with my Tyranids, so... Okay. I haven't finished putting them together yet. Okay. I think I've started putting them together, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to get my wolves done. But yeah, apart from that... Uh, no, nothing really podcast-worthy. Okay. Wibble it. What have you been up to? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, nothing too major, but... Um, so I've started watching through the second season of the new Mystery Science Theatre 3000, because um, I just never got around to it, apparently. Oh, I meant nice. to, because I, I quite liked the first new season, because I don't... I know a lot of people had some problems with it, but, like, I don't. I have no nostalgia for old MST3K, so, you know, a new presenter and a slightly different tone is not the sort of thing that's going to put me off, because I just kind of like the humour in the new one. Yeah, yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting, watching the um, the second one, I'm halfway through, which means I had to watch three damn movies. <laughs> um, one of which is an asylum movie, which is weird to oh, see. That like, is um, weird. It's um, Atlantic Rim, the knockoff of Pacific Rim. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but there is uh, okay. Yeah, fine. I'm not even gonna. Which... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is. Um... You know, honestly, I think it might actually be a step up from most of the Asylum movies I've watched. So okay. that's that's interesting. Uh, not because it's good. Don't be under any illusion that it's good or well made or has because it's not or has money spent on it or is worth watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say one thing. I don't know if this is just me becoming more aware of it, but um, I did notice in this season. I, I it feels like there's a lot of those. Because obviously, like, stuff, MST3K is scripted. Like, it's not actually a riff. Like, they've watched the movie and they've worked out what is funny to say and then they act it out, you know, like on a, on a run through. But, like, there's so many in it where it's obvious that they're doing that because the joke starts at the first possible second that it is that you would be able to acknowledge what's on screen. Okay. So. So you know that it's so it's you know that it's scripted. 
it's not an issue, but it's just something I notice. I don't know if it's just I've become more aware of it because having seen more of the show now. But yeah, and it's not a bad thing. It's just you know, it's just something I notice because it kind of removes a little bit from the illusion they're trying to create. Um, but still, um, I'm still enjoying it. Um, but oh, yeah, good. not much to say about it. It's MST3K, like mm. yeah. Um, still has Harmar Superstar as the uh, in in the theme tune, so I'm okay. Good. <laughs> But um, I also watched on half the recommendation, the, the sort of like soft recommendation you gave for it a, f- a few podcasts back, Matt, and my dad telling me to. I watched through the first season of Final Space. Ah, yes, I saw on Twitter that you did this. Hmm, what did you think? I, I think the show is very good. Um, and it is only undermined by the fact that Gary is really annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sums it up quite well. He's loud. I mean, Drummer Matt did warn us all. Yeah, he's loud and screechy and yeah, quite often um, when there would be... So he's basically me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's... So, like, the actual show, like, whilst it's it's a comedy sci-fi, like, it, it's, it's not trying to be anything other than a comedy sci-fi, but it does have... It is still a sci-fi. It has a story... That it tells quite well, mm, yeah. Um, and it ha- and like Gary as a character is actually quite likable because he's noble. Like he's a a bit of a ass sometimes, and he's maybe gone a bit wrong by being locked up with no human for company for five years. But he's like not a bad person, like, when push comes to shove. And that does actually really count for something, because people don't have to, like, turn him around to be good. He's actually the one that's good to begin with, like, the one who's down to save the world and to help people. Like, he just wants to go on adventures. When the chips are down, he's a cool dude. Yeah, but he every he's like Invader Zim, where every other word is shouted. Hmm. Um, it gets very old very quickly. Yeah. And especially, it, it undermines some really cool scenes. Mm. Like, there's a framing device throughout the whole first season where, and this isn't spoilers because it's literally in every episode at the start, um, where he's floating in space, like with his oxygen running out. Ooh. And each each episode starts with another minute of his oxygen having gone because he starts off with ten minutes of oxygen remaining. And quite often, and quite, not all of them, but most of them will end with with a joke at those bits. And because of the character, they're quite often a bit shouty. And I'm like, you know, if you'd have, if those were just presented as like a low key sort of the same joke, exactly the same line, but just Not presented screaming, presented really low key, it would still be funny, but it would also maintain this kind of almost melancholic tone because it's not like it's it's not like sad per se, but it's just this because it's kind of presented as being you know after stuff has happened. And you don't really know what. Yeah. And I don't know, it just it feels like that tone would have been far more effectively used had they done that. But I will say, I watched the first episode of season two because that's currently airing in America. Ah, uh, okay. And aside from the recap of the the um, first season, having Gary say, Hello, my name is Gary Goodspeed. A lot of people on Reddit find me annoying for some reason. Uh, um, <laughs> he does seem to be a bit more toned down in the second season from the first episode. Okay. Um, which I'm glad about because apart from that, the show is really quite good. I also find it curious that it is a show where the incidental music throughout the show I actually really like. I almost get kind of Mass Effect vibes from it. 
Hmm. But the theme tune's fucking awful and unmemorable and <laughs> just nothing. It's so you know how I think I've said this about Star Trek Discovery's opening that it's just really just there. It's just generic yeah. TV yeah. show intro. This is the Star Trek Discovery's intro to Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> like it, it's just nothing, and it's just like oh okay. But yeah, so I guess to add to the sort of thing that you said, I would give this a recommendation, but with the caveat that Gary's very annoying and it might take a bit to either get over that or you might never get over it because he's very annoying. Yeah. But the actual story of the show is kind of worth getting over it if you can. Because pretty decent. Also, the fact that David Tennant plays the villain is really weird to me because I cannot hear him. It, no, it doesn't sound like him at all, right? I, I went to check it multiple times. Yeah. So I checked it and was like, "Is David Tennant okay? Weird." And then once I watched a bit more, I went back and checked like, again and was like, "Is that a different character?" No, no, that is him. Is it the same David Tennant? Is it a different version of the character? Like not the normal version? It's like, no, no, it's just him. Like, okay, kudos, yeah. kudos, man. But yeah. Um, so decent little show, but with 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 issues. Um, and hopefully, when the when the full thing of season two is done, I'll actually go back and watch watch the rest of that, and you know, see how it uh, how it stacks up. Because hey, who knows? Maybe it's going to be like a Star Trek thing where yeah, yeah, you know sure. it just doesn't have a good first season. Well, it's not even like it had a bad first season, but just it had that one problem. But it does seem to be quite a widely sort of held issue with the show. So you know, it's not just us being like picky, like. It was referenced in the show. That's how much of a widely yeah, known okay. thing yeah. it is. So, um, but yeah, apart from that, I have played. Okay, I've played three video games, but they're sort of as part of one thing. Okay. So, a little while ago, I think it was um, on. Is it Fanatical the website? Yeah. Where you can, when you buy something, it'll give you an offer to for like you what can is like, it? it's like for like one pound like 99 or something it'll give you two mystery keys which how can i say no as somebody who already has too many games <laughs> <laughs> um which you know just did on a whim just yeah that seems like that could be a fun way to find a game that we wouldn't necessarily normally play and that was very true because one of the games that came with that was a game with the very enticing title of Hidden Object 6-in-1 Bundle. Yeah, boy! Okay. Now... How could you resist? Now, I actually find this kind of funny, because, like, Hidden Object games are a weird thing. Because, like, you know... I, I'm one of those people that doesn't really... I don't have much sort of... What's the word? I, I don't give much... Object permanence. No. <laughs> word permanence, maybe. <laughs> um... I don't give much credence to the idea of, like, you know, ooh, there's hardcore games and casual games, the hardcore games and casual gamers. I don't I don't care. Like, a video game is a video game. Like, how easy it is to play or whatever doesn't really factor into it to me. So um, I, I find, like, these little niches of video games that exist really fascinating that, you know, don't really push into the mainstream very often and hidden object games are one of those sort of things because I, I checked on steam and there are 60 pages of hidden object games <sighs> oh, i guess you could say they were pretty hidden <laughs> mm. um, shut up drama man. i did also i did also um with a cursory glance find a one, one that's coming out that's a porn hidden object game 
So do you good. have to f- do you have to hide the sausage? <laughs> no, you have to find the sausage, <laughs> and then you get to hide it. I mean, and maybe find it and then hide it and then find it and then hide it. Yeah, you get whiplash pretty bad there. Yeah. actually. Um, but anyway, so I, I thought <clears throat> because the only real experience I have with a modern hidden object game is that one that we made a joke about in the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft video, which I think was Dual Link Mysteries Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Oh, ma- at the Mouth of Madness, actually. It was, it was Mouth of Madness, not Call I'm of Cthulhu. I'm pretty sure Dual Link Mysteries Call of Cthulhu was like a... Um, that was a puzzle game. It was like a bejeweled knockoff. No, that doesn't exist. No. <gasps> oh, okay. No, the one you're thinking of is Mountains of Madness, and that has... A, it was Hidden Object slash Match 3... Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a match three one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. me too. And it had, it had a whole hidden object thing in it. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'll play. I'll actually play this because I'm intrigued to see like how the what the genre is actually like. Yeah. And because this was like a six in one bundle, I'm like, fucking yeah! It was uh, put out by um, Alawa. They're called. However you pronounce it, I don't know. Mm. Um, but I think they're the publisher of this these kind of games, and it has six in it. Um, I can't remember three of them because I didn't play them, but I've played three of them. I actually beat one of them. Oh, cool. And Just a congrats. quick question. How long did that take you? About three hours. Oh, it's not bad, actually. Um, and, like, this bundle, I think, is, like, seven quid or something. So six games for seven quid, and if each of them takes about three hours, if that's, like, the average length, then, you know what, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so I've got some observa- general observations about hidden object games from Please. the three that I played. Uh, the three that I played, by the way, are the games... The Other Side, Tower of Souls, which is the one I beat, Cruel Games, Red Riding Hood, and Cronville, Stolen Dreams. I wondered what that trading card was. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, Red Riding Hood? The heck? I was so confused. So, what I've noticed is that um, hidden object games have unnecessarily convoluted stories. Okay. So, I would have assumed hidden object games would be... So, um, if you're not aware, the way hidden object games basically work, for the most part, it seems, from the ones I've played, is that they are point-and-click adventure games, but every now and again you are arbitrarily pulled into a room to play Where's Wally. <laughs> okay. To find an object you need for a puzzle. But it's nearly all just, like, inventory puzzles. Okay. Um, not as convoluted as, like, an old-school, like, Sierra-style game. Oof. More sort of akin to a modern one, like um, the game that I think is the closest to a hidden object puzzle without being a hidden object game without being one is a game like Tormentum, Dark Sorrow. Yeah, which is really really good if you've never oh, played that's, that. That's um, got some good atmosphere. That one does. That's like um, if HR Giga made a point and click adventure game that wasn't Dark Seed. <laughs> but yeah, so they're kind of like that. So they have these weirdly convoluted stories. Like the stories of the three that I played are. Um, Cronville is you start off and you're a young girl whose father is trapped inside a burning building right. and so you have to go get a McDonald's you have to try and <laughs> rescue rescue him so you do like this weird infant- inventory puzzle to like go and find what is it like you go and fill up a bucket full of water and then throw that at the door that makes a piece of glass in it shatter, and then you need to go and get a towel and wrap it around the glass so that you can cut um, a bit, uh, like a rope from a ladder sort of fall down so you can put the ladder up to climb up, which then you just get <laughs> blown back anyway and your father presumably dies. Oh, wow, spoilers. Um, that's the first three minutes of the game. Okay, that's fair. Um, 
and then you and then it flashes forward and then you're like the educational psychologist at like a rough ass school oh, dang. where most of the kids have gone missing and you've got a kid and you have to like try and get him to talk about what's happened um and then you just this go This sounds way too serious and intriguing for a fucking hidden object. I'm actually game. probably going to go back and try and beat it because um, it's actually kind of interesting. This one uh, is actually a, a, a switch around because it has a reverse hidden object puzzle where you have the objects and you have to match them with other random objects that would go. They'd go with. Okay. So like you've got a tea bag, so you need to put it in a in a cup because <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, like the way hidden object puzzles generally work is that you have a big screen full of just random fucking objects. Like usually they'll try and be themed around whatever area you're in. Um, but sometimes they just get really fucking weird. So it'll be like, oh, you're in a graveyard. So there's like a football and a, hot a dog. skull and a hot dog. And you, you're just like, what the fuck? And you've just got this huge list of objects to like click on. Uh, if you're playing on advanced mode, you get punished for wildly clicking. But if you're playing on easy mode, like me, because I was just doing this to talk about it on the podcast, <laughs> uh, then uh, you can just click wildly if you want. Uh, but yeah, this one worked in reverse where you had to like, f- you had objects, but you had to match them with other objects. So that was kind of interesting. Um, okay. The other one was Cruel Games Red Riding Hood, where your friend has been kidnapped by the big bad wolf who's basically a serial killer in a mask. Ugh. And you're solving various puzzles to, that he's laid out for you. He's like Jigsaw, but you're not trapped in one place he's and like he's Jigsaw, actually torturing but he's someone not else. shit. <laughs> I hate Jigsaw. Um, Someone's um, gonna fucking at me about that. I think it's daft. The guy's been. He died in like the third one, and then in the 18th one, he's still fucking around. Because apparently they're using his fucking like. V- like voicemails he's left people in a way to like fucking trap them in rooms or whatever. And he can talk normally, he just decides to do a stupid Batman voice, and it's really <laughs> annoying, and he's a silly, silly sausage. You're not a fan of Soul movies, are you? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not a f- yeah. I'm not a fan of torture porn, honestly. Oh, yeah, I get you. However, the, the last game, which, uh, which is the one I actually beat... Jewel League Mysteries. No. <laughs> and despite me saying last game, it's actually the one I played first. The Other Side Tower of Souls. So, it starts out, and this is my introduction to hidden object games as a genre, is... Okay, I'm going to truncate the story slightly, but... One day there was a wizard and he made a door that goes to the afterlife. Oh, but shit. then the afterlife tried to get through. So he had to kill people to sacrifice their souls. Like he had to lure people in. Um, to clog up the door. So that the door wouldn't open because it needs souls to feed it. And you're a private detective who is lured in there by the ghost of a girl who has been in a coma for 30 years. She comes out of a coma. She hasn't aged. I don't know why. It's um, really weird. And her and her hot sister. Um, please tell me her hot sister is like. 30. Oh, she's she's like forty or something. Oh, good. So good. it's okay. fine. Um, okay, good. That I was worried <laughs> who, for a moment. Who is a witch, by the way? Of course she is. Um, and you also have a cat uh, who I forget the name of because it's not important. This is calling Grebo. Who talks to you? <laughs> um, and yeah, you. You go through this this area, uh, this tower, like going through different stages, and you meet people who've been sacrificed to it, who've sort of become part of this tower, who have gone a bit wrong. So there's a sculptor who encases people by the sound of it in in um, stone. This is these are just knockoff Batman villains. Yeah, basically, like Calendar Man's in there somewhere. <laughs> um, there's also a guy who is 
straight up the villain from Lex season two. Okay. Um, he's got floating arms, and he himself is like just a, a head on kind of a robot body. He, whoever made this, was a fan of Lex. <laughs> straight up, it is the main villain from Lex season two. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I did not expect to say that. Um, but yeah, and it, there's there's like three layers of double crossing. There's time oh, are traveling. Are we talking like um, Revolver Ocelot levels of double crossing? Yeah, well, it's, ba- it's basically just two characters convincing each of you is double crossing the other. But they're kind of not, but they kind of are, but they're kind of not. I mean, they're kind of double crossing so much that they're actually on the same side. I don't actually know. if There's two endings, but I'm not going to complete the game a second time. So, um, But it's not a bad little thing. And, and yeah, like it, honestly, the, these games feel like they get kind of a bad rap for being like filthy casual sort of things. Like they're not, And no one ever talks about them, really. But honestly, it's just a it's just a an, a point and click game with a built in hint system, so you'll never get stuck, and you can just kind of casually play through them. And the stories are seemingly unnecessarily convoluted a lot of the time, <laughs> and the conceits of them are so bizarre. So it's like, oh, you need to get a key. Okay, go into this room and find fifty random objects. Fifty handkerchiefs. Um. um... Like, find three birds, a syringe, a brick, a dildo, the Communist Manifesto, that oh, and a key. That sounds like literally what you've got in your bedside, like, <laughs> right now. Um, and, and, and the key will just be the one item you'll take away from it. It's just a replacement for an so, appointment oh, adventure. I know what it is, I know what it is. It's, you're a, you're a like, um, a compulsive hoarder. <laughs> And it, well, you're going into in like an compul- adventure game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And you're like, well, I got to take all this stuff. I'm going to take this handkerchief and this newspaper from 1914. Basically, it's just these hidden object things just replace like one thing where you just pick an item up, and it's just another mini game because they also have a ton of little mini games in them, um, which range from you know basic things like little little puzzle things where you have to move things around, which. Um, depending on which one it is, is either like laughably simple or um, one of those puzzles. Because any slidey block puzzle, my brain can't function, oh, I hate and I hate slidey them. block puzzles. However, most worst. of these seem to have just like a skip mini game button oh, built nice. into them. That's <laughs> awesome. I wish like Silent Hill Homecoming had that, where you could just skip the game. <laughs> I, I literally, I bought that. For like three quid, and I feel like I've been fucking stole. Like, like someone has stolen my money. That game is so bad, <laughs> um, and it has a fucking slidey block puzzle. In yeah, it lo- loads of these have have like slidey Ugh. block puzzles or similar kind of things. And, and yeah, it's some of the some of the little mini games are kind of fun. Some of them are just shit, fucking terrible. <laughs> Waste of times that are literally like some of them you'll just beat first time, but they just waste like two minutes of your life because they're just kind of badly made. But I don't know. I I feel like I want to dive more into the genre because it's it is just this weird way in which point and click adventures have survived whilst not being counted as just a regular point and click adventure. It's like so the hidden object parts of these games feel like. Those bits in games that no one actually cares about, but are in all of a certain genre for some reason, like <laughs> turret sections or Ugh. escort missions, Ugh. where you go, block puzzles. where you could remove them and the game would be just as good, but they're there for some reason, for some arbitrary reason. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to play through some more of those. I don't know if I'll talk about it again because I, I don't believe I'm going to find any more insights. But <laughs> yeah, the other weird thing is that the artwork in these things tends to be really inconsistent because it's like half well drawn, half well half well well drawn artwork, like special specially made stuff. Like uh, I don't know, like Drawing a quarter, a, blank. a quarter, a quarter terrible art, and a quarter literally photos that have been cut out. <laughs> so they end up with this really inconsistent kind of look to them I sometimes, feel... and it's all animated like if Alpha Booster didn't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> Right. So it's just like you know the images being like moved and morphed around. But oh, as you I mean, like really bad new ground yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I stress this is like like but what Alpha does is like a different level to this. Oh no, because it's amazing. Alpha knows what he's doing. Yeah. Whereas this is like the someone just starting out trying to imitate that kind of thing. Basically like whenever I do it in a video. <laughs> Cuz that stuff takes ages, I don't know how he does it. It takes forever. Um so yeah. Uh, weird little genre, weird little genre, full of convoluted sto- uh, stories. Did you enjoy your soiree into it? It's been interesting. As I say, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on a bit. I think mm. uh, I, I might try and beat the uh, Cromville Stolen Dreams one because that does seem like the one of the more interesting ones. It's got Is the that whole... the one with the hot sister? No, that's the one with the missing children. Okay. No, that sounds like a really interesting setup for a horror game. It does have quite an oppressive just, atmosphere. Just like, you know, you're like... It, it feels very like a spooky Japanese horror. Almost a Silent Hill kind of game of sitting in a school and all of the children are missing. That mm. sounds really spooky. Um, although this that that is the one so far that's had the least intuitive puzzles. Yeah. Skip button. <laughs> oh, it's stuff that you can't skip. Oh, fuck. Um, oh. You have to do it. I mean, it's not, like, difficult. It's just, you know... It's just annoying, I'm l- guessing. Less, uh, sometimes you have to kind of... It's a bit like, you know, the old point and clicks where it sometimes takes you, like, half an hour of playing a game before you get your kind of mind onto the right bullshit wavelength mm-hmm. of whatever the author had. <laughs> like, again, nowhere near, like, Sierra level. Because, <laughs> um, man, that's, like... You, you have to sit there and go, okay, what, how would I solve this problem if I was a lunatic? <laughs> like, a kleptomaniac lunatic, like, who has no comprehension of social mores or what objects are for. And that's playing Basically an old Sierra a game. a toddler who'd seen, like, a lot of episodes of MacGyver. <laughs> but didn't know what any of the objects MacGyver were using were actually for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, um, and that's me done, because I have been painting my Eldar. Yeah, they're looking really good. Uh, I paint, I, I've uh, gone through the hell of fully painting a painting and magnetising a Wraith Lord. Mm. So that's a fucking mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, the thing is, they are gorgeous. <laughs> they are very gorgeous. Um, but that required... Um, so not counting the alternate weapon loadouts that I haven't painted yet, I've just painted the one that I was going to use like for the time being, which is double Bright Lance, double Shuriken Catapult. Don't tell me that it's a bad loadout. I just wanted it because it looks cool. <laughs> um, it's basically like, and it's like I've got the bigger guns mounted on the um, forearms because I just thought that was kind of cooler it for a, cool. a long-range yeah. kind of style one. Not that it matters, I can change them around, but because of how thin everything is, you have to use two magnets, so you have to be really careful with, like, polarities, and you have to kind of drill both in there. So that means that... 
because it's got four weapon points and two magnets in each, and then each weapon requires two magnets, that required me to affix 16 magnets <laughs> to do the most basic level Ugh. of magnetization. And because of his pose, I didn't even magnetize the hand. I tried to, but I couldn't get a ma- Because his wrist is so thin, I couldn't get a magnet big and strong enough mm. in there for it not to slide around. My second one, because of the pose, I should be able to make it work. But, yeah. So that one's going to have... Um, twenty magnets. In oh, it. so Yay. good. That's good. That's good. Well, it'll have eighteen. Cause yeah, no, it'd be sixteen in the normal. Yeah, eighteen in that. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. And again, not counting the alternate magnets. Uh, the, the alternate magnetization for other weapons and things. Mm. But still, um, having fun. Fully assembled my next wraith guard squad. So that'll be one of the next things on the painting block. So. Uh, and I'm currently doing the Spirit Seer, who will not be modified in any way, even though it's kind of an Exodite force, just because the helmet of them is, like, the most defining thing of them from a distance. And I couldn't really think of any way of changing that without making it kind of confusing as to whether it's a Spirit Seer or a Far Seer or what have you. Um, but, yeah. But that's what I'm doing um, right now. And probably what I'll probably do some of later today whilst uh, uh, Sniper's streaming. So... Yeah. I'm <laughs> to sit there and paint. But yeah, um that is me me done. So, um The Drumbled Matthew. The Drumbled Matthew. What have you been doing in the six weeks <laughs> since we last asked you that? Okay, I have Apart a few things. from like being being a husband now. Oh, yeah, so I did I, and did, I did losing that. your wedding ring in a shed yep. to a spider. To, to a big uh, angry yep. spider that mugged you. Yep, um It was like, Oi, give me that ring. <laughs> And you were like, oh, core, blimey. And then he robbed you. What yeah. accent did either the spider or Matt have then? Well, because we were in Hereford. And is that what a Hereford accent yeah. sounds like? Because mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, try some cider. And I was like, okay. The <laughs> cider was good, actually. I your ability it. to perfectly recount <laughs> English accents is peerless. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that all of my accents are perfect. Yeah, but yeah. let's move on from that train wreck. And Matt, what are you? Uh, what, what do you want to talk about? Okay, what are you? so I have I have a little bit of a list. I've done bit, a few bits and bobs in the weeks I've been away. A lot of travelling, so not too much. But my first point is some follow up from the last episode of the Metanthropod. Oh, when you, you with Oculus friend were, were talking about TNG, and yes. my slight thing for this in advance is that it's slight spoilers for the first season of Discovery, but I think you've spoken about it enough that that's not an issue, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. fine. So you were all laughing that one of the concepts they wanted to do in TNG was to somehow fix dolphins to help navigate in 3D space. Yeah. And you're all laughing at how ridiculous that is, and it was an example of one of the silly ideas. Yeah. Yeah, they basically literally do that in um, Discovery. Haha, <laughs> that's still stupid. It's not, a, yeah, it's so not it... a dolphin, but it is literally what they do. They fix an animal to the ship to help navigation. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just like, why isn't anyone mentioning this? Well, I That's have true. an excuse. I haven't seen it. That, that is true. That is true. See, I... Oculus friend and Wib, Wib husband don't have excuses. I mean, it's a little different because it's, to, it? nav- it's to navigate the particular type of the mycelial network, yeah. which the, the which giant is... tardigrade uses, as opposed to dolphins that don't live in space. Yeah. That you know of. So it is still stupid, but I... It, <laughs> It's slightly less stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm not even saying it's stupid. I'm just saying it's so similar to what you were talking about. I just thought someone was going to mention it, and then when he didn't, I was like, I'm going to have to mention that myself. 
Yeah, no, that's, it is a fair. It is a fair point. It is a fair point. Anyway, that was only a minor, minor point. The rest of the the two that I miss, podcasts that I missed get thumbs up, I guess. <laughs> Apart from that one bit, which you have very <laughs> strong judgments about, apparently. Um, on to some games. So these these two are the ones I've tra- I did before my travels. So that was a long time ago. So let's see if I remember yeah. anything. Slime Rancher has a new update. Oh dang! Really? I have yes. been meaning to play it since the new update. Yes, because it's a brilliant video game. Slime Rancher is very excellent. It was my game of the year one, whatever year I started playing it. I think it might. Which have been is mine notably as well. not the not the year that it came out. Obviously, oh well, yeah. I can't even remember what mine was. It was probably like Doom twenty sixteen because that's my game of the year every year. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a new expansion, and it, it's it does it. You know, it's a good excuse to come back and play the game for a bit. It doesn't really add that much. It's just a new, a new area. You know, the last few expansions, there's been like a new area that you do some tasks for one of the various characters, and eventually you unlock an extra bit of farm on their land. Um, and similar to like, get off my land. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one's based around. Oh, I've forgotten the, the guy's name now because it's been quite a while. But the um, the guy who doesn't really talk to you, he talks. Well, he doesn't talk with you. He talks to you or at you. And he's a bit. He's into his gadgets. And is it Victor? I don't I, remember. I, I, this is this it's, at yeah, all. Yeah, I can't remember. But he's one. You know, one of the guys that comes up on the various mission screens that you can do. Ah, uh, yeah. And then you end up going over to his place, and he's built like a VR world with slimes in it. And some of them are going glitchy, and you have to go around and collect glitches. Okay, it's it's quite good fun. And it's a good reason to get I mean, You know, it's a you know two hours worth of gameplay extra or whatever. But it's a good excuse to go back to play a really good game. So. Mm. I just thought I'd mention that. I really enjoyed it, and if anyone else has Slime Rancher, it's a good chance to go back and have a play. Next up, so the game that I was playing as as, as part of my, my my new game per episode still counts for six weeks, because it's still only one episode, right? Yeah, so, have any of you guys played Rhyme? R-I-M-E. R-I-M-E, As yes. in Frosty. No. No. It is very excellent. Um, I don't want... So it's a... I went into it thinking it's a sort of um, exploration, puzzle-solving, slightly platformy type thing. And you, you wake up... The, the story is you sort of... You wake up on an island and then the story evolves and there's... I'm not going to actually talk about the story because I think that's what you need... That's a big part of it is sort of discovering what's going on and working out the story. But it's all told you wake up on this island and then you wake up and there's no direction like the camera pans one way to give you a sort of hint oh maybe i should probably go that way but there's no objectives or go over here or do this thing or and then the story somehow happens and you kind of stumble into it through very clever like hints but you're never told things it's sort of like you know slight shiny thing in the distance you're like oh i suppose i should go over there and there's like the camera pans certain ways and and there's not a single word of dialogue or written text or anything spoken in the entire game. And yet the story is so beautiful. By the end of the game, I was sat on my chair crying for about half an hour. Oh, dude. It is, I need to play it now. It, it is possibly, I'm going to go as far as saying, my favourite game I've ever played. Oh, it was, oh, and it just came okay. completely out of nowhere because I was just expecting, like I just, I just watched, like you know, when you watch the the trailer clips or whatever, it's just like a little puzzle explorey thing, and you're just exploring around, and yeah, and I just went into it being like, oh, this will be quite just a, a nice, like quick, tra- like palate cleanse between some big games and things, and it's mm. just beautiful. It's I just absolutely love it, and I really don't want to talk about why because it's such a big part of learning the story as you go along. Yeah, but 
oh man, you guys should play it, and then we can talk about it in private after. No, afterwards. absolutely. <laughs> and then everyone else should play it. List. And I, I can't remember. I got it on offer. I can't. I have no idea how much it is in there or how it's long it took me to beat. Quid now. Mm, ooh. Okay. I would now knowing. Uh, so I just had a quick look on Steam, and I put six hours into the game to complete it. And there is some collectibles and things you can collect, as there quite often is. But I, I, so I haven't, so I could definitely put a few more hours in to go and find those. But just getting through the story and exploring a bit and doing some of the collectibles accidentally on the way, um, I put in about six hours. So whether it's worth thirty quid, uh, I now would say it would. It, it is for me because I enjoyed it that much. But I can't guarantee, you know, it's for everyone and everyone would enjoy it that much. So I yeah. possibly wouldn't say six hours for thirty quid is a bit on the steep side. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, popped it, I've popped it on the uh, the watch list, so I'll keep an eye out. But yeah, honestly, I don't want to say much more about it beyond, yeah, the sto- it's just such an amazingly beautiful, for me anyway, beautiful story that's told without a single word or line of dialogue or anything being said. And you don't ever have an objective or... Uh, it's, I, uh, it's, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Now that does sound pretty mm. rad. And I, I highly recommend it to anyone. Yeah, we'll have to... We shall check it out the moment we can. Um... Yeah, then I went travelling for a bit. Oh, I went to the um, World Cup final, if anyone is at all interested oh. in the sports. It was the the, the, the the Women's World Cup final was in France over, over uh, what, oh, six, yeah, I six or so weeks ago. I remember you and Ruth sending, sending pictures. You looked like you had a blast. It was great, yeah. It was really, it was, it was really good. Um, we just came, went on the, on the, sort of on the way home, um, loop, looped by Leon where, where it was. And yeah, it, nice. was, it was good fun. Women's who, football who is won? like... Uh, the States, USA. Ah. It's, it was pretty amazing, though, because like, they are the best team in the world, but everyone else, because they put... Because I think in the States, like, men play... This is, you know, all in giant inverted commas. Men play American football or baseball or whatever, and women aren't allowed to play these things because the patriarchy, etc. So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they play soccer, so football. Ah, um, so there's quite a lot it, yeah. of money put into it, and obviously they've got a giant population and a lot of money. So they are the best in the world by quite a long way. But the rest of the rest of the countries, which is really nice, they are definitely catching up. And I think this is probably the last year where they'll be able to assume they'll be able to get to the final because, like this year, they they pretty much did. And I mean, we England played them and came came pretty close, and France played them and came pretty close. So there's there a few teams that came close to beating them, and they just edged it. Um. But they were by far still the best team, so they deserved to win it. But it was quite amazing in the stadium because it was about ninety odd percent USA fans. Okay. Oh, dang, okay. Which was, and it was, you know, a thirty, forty, whatever thousand capacity stadium. I can't remember what the attendance was. Like big sold out stadiums. So, and then when you hear it in various times about the crowd, the whole you know USA USA chant, and it was just like this is so intimidating. Like the whole. <laughs> the whole um crowd and not not in a bad not in a scary way and it was the atmosphere was lovely and then we went out afterward we were um the final was usa versus the netherlands so we all mm. wore orange and were being and we had like dutch for the day written on the back of our shirts just because <laughs> you know being british always support the underdog as, in a, as a general rule yeah yeah um pretty much so we were like we know what and then we got to the stadium and like yeah we're glad we did this because you know the states do not need any more supporters at this point. It's very <laughs> they one-sided, are amply supported. But I will say, it's any any sort of you know um, stereotypes you have about football fans is just not true in women's football. Like we spent, we went out and had a few drinks and things for the evening after, after the game, and like we had very, we had like a, like fans of various teams because there was obviously American fans and then Dutch fans, but then fans from like various all over the world who come and watch as well, being the final. 
because um, we booked our tickets before before it started, so you had no idea who was going to be in the final. We just thought it'd be a nice thing to go to, and we had an ever so slight hope that England would get there, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but um, it was just lovely. Like everyone was chatting and coming up to us afterwards and going like, "Oh, nice game, good, un- unlucky." And we were like, "Actually, we're not Dutch." And like, oh, cool. And then we got chatting, and oh, it was just such a lovely atmosphere. You were just cosplaying as Dutch people. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, it, it did a really good job of if anyone has any sort of stereotypes about football fans, which. It's not anywhere near as bad as it used to be. There's still pockets oh, of it yeah. being a bit, yeah. a bit funny, but it's still a lot better. But then with this, was just it was just lovely. So um, oh, that's good to hear. Then came home, did the, the wedding thing, and that was just a big party in the field, which was good fun. Drank a lot of a lot of beer. I drank a lot of <laughs> cider. Nice, nice. Cider. Um, I, I saved a spider as well. That might have been the one that, that mugged you, mate. Ah, uh, maybe. I'm sorry. Yeah, because I was like lying <laughs> up for the bathroom because it was like there was like two bathrooms, and I go in, I get done, and I look in the bath, and there's just a spider in there, and I'm like, it's gonna die because like there's literally there was another spider in there, but you can see that someone's taken a bit of toilet roll and just, just crushed it and just mm. left it there. And it made me so sad. So I, I washed my hands, I dried them up, and I opened the door, and then I grabbed the spider, and I went out, and everyone was looking at me weird, and I was like, <laughs> there was a spider. And at that point, a bunch of people were kind of back to the wall away from me, because it was quite a thin corridor. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's just a spider in the bath. Because it's, like, <laughs> so, it's quite a green area, so I went outside and I just popped it down. It was fine. I think it's safe to say that your um, aversion to spiders has vastly decreased. <laughs> I've been forcing myself to pick them up and stuff, like just the small ones to start with. That mm. was that was a medium, that was a moderate sized mm. spider. But I'm getting better, and I want to aim like to be like my incredibly tough as nails Glaswegian nana. <laughs> God rest her soul, because nothing fucking else will. <laughs> she used to pick up huntsmen and stuff and just throw them outside. Like she oh. gave no fucks. Like wow. I don't think she ever got bit. She'd just pick them up and just be like, eh. and she'd let them crawl all over her as well. It used to scare the fuck out of me, but now I'm kind of like getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absorbing her power. You're becoming more Scottish every passing day. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, so I'm quite proud of myself for work, because it's not been easy to get over my debilitating fear of spiders. It's been a lot of fucking hard graft. I do find it funny that every now and again someone will leave a comment on something when you say something about a spider and going, but I thought Snipe was afraid of spiders. It's like, yes. Character development. (laughs) It's almost as if the time when we talked about you being afraid of spiders was like seven years ago. I literally, when I was playing WoW with like Ash, Sarah and Drama Matt, I tanked a raid with my eyes shut because the raid boss was a spider. <laughs> That's like how afraid of spiders I used to be. And now I'm picking little shits up. Yeah. Nice. At bars. Because I hey. love them. <laughs> Wanted to be kisses with them. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't like... It, it does like... I have had the occasional thing of people being kind of accusatory. Like, I thought you said you were scared of spiders. Like, I'm lying <laughs> for... Why would I lie about being afraid of spiders? When obviously, like, I guess the cooler thing to lie about would, like, be super into spiders? Yeah. But I don't get it, because I've had a few people basically being, like, insinuating that I've been lying about it, and I just don't get it. (laughs) But yeah, it's character development. I've worked really fucking hard to not be afraid of spiders anymore, and I'm still a little bit skeeved out by them. 
but nowhere near mm. as severely as I used to be. So, yeah, go me. I'm not lying about being afraid of spiders. <laughs> not sure what that would get me. But yeah, what else you been up to, Matt? <laughs> um, oh, so just some just some cliff notes for the last few things, I think. But so there's a new series of Black Mirror, which we oh, watched. Yes. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen season two of Agretzico. She-Ra season three's come out, and I've not seen really. The... Yeah, yeah. Re- I, okay. Yeah. I thought season two had only just come out. Yeah, uh, months. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen that. And it's like then there's another season, and I'm like, oh bloody hell. Okay, so I've got a <laughs> bunch of things to watch. But yeah, sorry, drummer butt. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, Black Black Mirror was good. It was very. So what I think about Black Mirror and what the last series before this wasn't quite as hot is that it was the, you know, weird technology or something that could happen relatively soon slash is already happening and what could go wrong with that. Mm. Whereas the last few seasons, and this one especially, was a very good episode, but they weren't very Black Mirror-y, I didn't think. Until I actually thought back to the very first episode. You know the one with the, with the pig and the actual yeah. turned out to be true story? Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and like, no that one was didn't surprised. Act- no. Everyone remember the original architect of uh, of Brexit fucked a pig's head. Just just yeah. putting that out there. Just, and just, then it's probably just like chilling in a tax haven somewhere. Yeah. Just saying. But that aside, that that, ep- that first episode was very good. But it was then not what I think of as a Black Mirror episode, really. Because yeah. it was like this weird situation that was a really well-made episode. But it wasn't really about the technology or anything. And this new series is sort of like that. Like, it's sort of, there is technology involved and, like, future technology and things, but it's not about that. But they are still all very good episodes. I think I just had to get over the fact that I was like, oh, but it's not like Black Mirror. I was like, well, it is. It's just more like the first episode of Black Mirror than the rest of that season or the first two or three seasons. Um, so and once I sort of got over that and being like, oh, this isn't proper Black Mirror, I was like, actually, these are just really good episodes of telly. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely enjoyed them. Cool. They've all got I, like I need to get back to them. they've all got like various. They've all got like quite a big Hollywood actor in each one, and I was expecting to that to ru- sort of ruin it a bit for me. But actually, they all did really good jobs. Yeah. And the actor in the sec- second, he's I've completely forgotten his name. He's um, he's um, the baddie in Sherlock in Sherlock. Um, Andrew Scott. I've completely forgotten the actor's name, but he's that doesn't ring a bell. Could be, could not be. I can't remember. This is this is the um, the Grumble Bum Dinkle Dom uh, season, sorry. right? The Bemovich Cumberbatch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's. <laughs> Please say words. <laughs> no. This is we are literally doing. A, this is a medium in which our words are the only way in which people have a, have a meaning, a way to grasp meaning of what we're saying. And you were just making noises there. No. No, I'm talking fine. People knew what I meant. <laughs> Although you did have a big go at me the other day because you were like. You will just make up words, and then when I ask you what you mean, you'll just repeat the words until I, like, snap. So it's like, would you like a bilk babe? And you're like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, bilk babe. Bilk babe. And then you'll figure out it's milkshake. No, what happens is, <laughs> is I just I just sit there obstinately and go, no, say the real word. Bilk I need blape. words to know what you're saying. And then you go, milkshake. And I'll go, 
Fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. And then you deny you do that. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, um, Andrew Scott is the one who played Moriarty, who looks a bit like my brother. Yeah, it is Andrew Scott. I've managed to use the time of you faffing about and saying not words to check. Wow. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, Andrew Scott looks like my brother a little. It's fucking weird. Yeah, he does a little bit from this. Yeah, no, that's fair. But he is that second episode. I'm not sure if it's my favourite episode of the three. They're all really good episodes. But... I think it actually it probably is, and it's because of him. Like he is fucking amazing in it. He's yeah, he's a very good, good actor. Um, so yeah, thumbs up, Black Mirror. Moriarty I, was I, not a good role for him. Oh, I enjoy, I quite enjoyed it, but then I enjoyed Sherlock, and a lot of people don't anymore. So yeah, that's but um, yeah, uh, I have I have watched the next season of Mexico. Just we just finished it last night. Ah. It's it's great. Just watch it. Don't know why. Don't know why you haven't. <laughs> Because of who I it's, am as a person. It's probably not quite as good as the first season, purely because the first season was just such out a, like, nowhere. out of nowhere thing. Yeah. But, it's the same reason why Portal 2 will never be as good as Portal 1, because it just came out of nowhere and was Yeah, good. exactly. Despite it probably being sort of better in most measurable ways. Yeah, I, I legit like Portal 2 more than Portal 1. Yeah, no, but like, the thing is, like, they, like you want... You know what I'm saying. It's yeah, not as, it's it's not not as, as well regarded. Not as, yeah. 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 But no, it's, 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 it's good. Just watch it. Um, okay. And yeah, we've just got about halfway through the next season of Stranger Things. The third season? I got like a Which, couple of episodes into the second season and I'm like, eh. Yeah, I think the third is better than the second, I think. The second was sort of like, okay, I was watching that and I'm like, I'm enjoying this, but I think it would have been better if it finished after the first season it was just a one season thing. Yeah. Which I still think is probably, if they stopped then, that's probably the best time for it. But mm. because they carried it on into the second season, um, depending on how they finish this, so like, very vague spoilers, but not really. In the first season, a monster comes through and they have to defeat this monster. Second season, it turns out there's a lot of monsters, basically. That's how it sort mm. of escalates, because it's, it's obviously going to escalate. So yeah. it would have been nice if it was just this monster and then it finished. But okay, now you know, and they sort of, diff- obviously at the end of the season, if the season finishes. So if they use this third season as a sort of wrap up, okay, now we have to go in and sort of end this. That would be, make me really happy. If they sort of drag yeah. it on a bit, it might be a bit. Mm. But I think I'm enjoying the second one, the third one more than the second, I think. So far, anyway, we'll see how it goes. But I, I was like, okay, we were sort of a bit like, oh, shall we bother watching it or shall we? can we not be asked? And we started watching it. I was like, okay, actually, they're doing quite a good job. Mm. Fair, fair play. I think that's the thing. Because like, I, I really liked the first season, but I felt that I felt so strongly that it should just end there. Oh, no, I yeah, just, no. yeah. I have just completely ignored the fact more seasons have come out so I can be in my own fiction where yeah. only one season exists. I yeah, still that's, that's finished fair. Punisher season two, and I uh, just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's because it's like... like measurably worse it completely just doesn't get like all the really cool kind of like things they did in the first one of like frank castle is not a good guy frank like like you know like frank castle is deeply mentally unwell and it's like you know it actually does something with does it. something with that rather than just being some fucking stupid shithead power fantasy of some guy who's above the fucking law it's like, oh, you've actually made the Punisher a three-dimensional character. Nice one. And then like season two comes out, and it's just like, 
Nah, let's make him a fucking power fantasy shit. <laughs> let's make it. Let's just make him comic book Punisher again. Which is, I mean, I fucking hate the comic book might as, Punisher. Might as well give him white gloves while you're at it. Ah, give him little white pants to put over his black cat suit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm not adverse to that. <laughs> it would be, be a bold look. Mm-hmm. Very bold. <laughs> But yeah, just to be clear, Strange Things season two, I didn't think it was anywhere near as bad as that. <laughs> it was. I, I agree that it would have been better if it stopped after season one. I mean, but... I think the worst thing. I think like the meanest I can be about it is it was just a bit underwhelming. Uh, Stranger Things yeah. season two. It's like it was fine. It was just a little bit underwhelming compared to how again it's the thing coming out yeah. of nowhere and just being really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but... it's like yeah, I don't. I'm not like holding anything against it. Yeah. But yeah, we're enjoying season three so far. I think we're about halfway. So depending on how it ends, I'm really hoping it does finish and it draws a good line under it all and stops. But I don't think it will now. But (laughs) we can dream. We can dream. Uh, And the last thing I've been doing is some... Because I've been getting into Euro Truck and American Truck Simulator. And I had spent a bit of time... Did I mention this on the podcast? I was trying to find a a flight simulator because I was like, oh, I quite enjoy these Yeah, I think think you talked about it in the last podcast. But yeah, there's there's the new one that's coming out in a few years, but... But I basically I was like, oh wait, no, I bought a game. In fact, I kickstarted a game. <laughs> you on your own, personally, it's all down to me. <coughs> I am entirely responsible. Wow. Um, space trucking, elite, elite dangerous. I forgot I I had that and then played it when it first came out and then stopped within a year or so because there wasn't that much to do on it. Turns out there's been like you know it's on version four. It was on version one before and various you know, very little numbers. And now it's on version four. There's been like three big editions since I last. Okay. Oh, good. And I had to buy one of the, some of the features you had to buy an expansion pack, but it was only six quid at full price. Mm, so I was okay. like, oh, okay, I can, do, I can deal with that. So now you can land on planets and do a bunch of other stuff that you couldn't before. And yeah, cool. I've just been treating it as basically Euro Truck Simulator in space. Galactic <laughs> Truck Simulator. Yeah, exactly. Fire. So yeah, I mean, thumbs up. It's, it's pretty great. Um. Yeah, that's 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 me done. I think. Okay. Okay. Cool. A lot of things, but it has been more six weeks. of things than me, including yeah, rhyme unexpectedly possibly favorite game ever. Yeah, no, that's it, really I, cool. I, I'm gonna play yeah. that. I, I always like that when and, you you play and, something out of nowhere and it just affects you so deeply. You're yeah. like, this is and I don't this know is one of my just, favorite things ever. You know, it was six hours, so I did it, in, it did a couple of days. But like, I don't know if it was just the mood I happened to be in and the story just hit home with me, or I don't know. So I'm not saying that it will be everyone's favourite game ever. And actually, I possibly ruined it now because I went into it not expecting much and then got something. So <laughs> yeah. if you're going into it expecting it to be, I don't know. So, but I'm still going to go in with an open mind. But I do, rec- I do recommend and sort of stick out the first bit where you just don't have a clue what's going on and you sort of slowly pick things up. Very good. Yeah. But that is me done, so I think we should get on to what I thought was going to be a big backlash of questions. But yeah, I think we kind of um, kind of headed that off at the pass by kind of just asking, basically stating on Twitter, going, yeah, um, draw our mats away, tweet your questions instead. And we did that for like a month. So... There's <laughs> <laughs> only two episodes, so Yeah, but fine. a month sounds way worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, so... Um... Ask away with those questions. Hey, Wib, what's well, the first, email address? Only drum and Matt at snipeandwib at gmail.com. Nice. Yep. Matt, what's that so, email address? Because you've not said it in a while. We don't need to. Only drum and Matt at snipeandwib at gmail.com. Just wanted to make sure, just in case people at home have already forgotten it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. Good. Repetition Smart. is good for, yep. for learning. Repetition. 
It's it's good. We can be an American TV comedy series. <laughs> <laughs> Moving um, on. <laughs> so there's a few questions. First up, Daniel slash Rivergreen. <laughs> he's, he's saying, here's the two names and use whichever. And I was like, I don't know which to use. I'll use both. <laughs> Possibly defeating the point of just giving an alias. Anyway, sorry. He sent a very long and lovely email, which I've actually which I've forwarded on to you guys. Yes. Which I won't read out on here, but it was very long and lovely. Yes, thank um, you. At the end of which had a bunch of a bunch of questions. So. First up, two band-related questions. Oh, so first off, it was Dicko's so, fault and it wasn't Denton's fault. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I think most people know that. Know that they read between the lines. We're, we're in it. We're in a band. They know. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, Fighting Evil is cool. Best band name ever. Not at all impractical. Everyone forgets the exclamation mark, which is part of the name. Yep, it's fine. <laughs> so, what we have a song called Lobsters, and he's saying what was the inspiration for the song Lobsters? Oh, I remember that. So. Um, it was literally just Dicko had seen a news report, like he says in the song, of some woman going, after like a bunch of studies, we found out that when you throw lobsters into boiling pans of like water, it does hurt them. And Dicko was just so obsessed with that. He was like super mad about it because he was like, of course it lobsters feel fucking pain, you idiot. And he came into band practice and was ranting about it. If I remember rightly, because I because the music the bass music of it is something that I'd written, mm-hmm. um, and so it just it needed lyrics. And then he and then and Dicko he was like, was you just know like, what? <laughs> was like, oh uh, yeah, this. And then he just started singing about lobsters, and it just stuck. And we were like, this is perfect. <laughs> we love it. And yeah, poor little lobsters. But yeah, that I remember it very well. Actually, mm. Dicko being like, because like he doesn't. It was around. It was at our old house because I'd like I'd made it all because um, I think it was before I actually had like the. Is this is this the song that was originally called Headloo or Toaster Oven or something ridiculous? No, yeah. no, it wasn't. No. no, I don't think this one actually even had a name. Uh, it, I'd like <laughs> made I'd like made it entirely in MIDI because that was the only way I kind of had of doing that at the time. Mm. And so I made like a MIDI version of it, and then Dicko um, got angry about lobsters. Yeah, and then he was like, and then it, it sort. Sort of just came from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second band-related question is, how does one start a band? Well, it's like starting D&D. You basically get a bunch of people who can play or at least own the instruments and say, we're in a band now. Yeah, and then just keep going for a while eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Failing that, organise an orgy and don't have any sex. That's basically <laughs> <what> I'm <doing. laughs> Dude, you have been in other bands. Is that how it's done? Because <laughs> that, that was ex- said with such bitter disappointment. Yes. <laughs> honestly, like when you joined our band, like did you expect an orgy? And you were just too polite to like complain about it. When Rick told you there was a band, like did you did you was give he the like, entirely Ooh. wrong idea? <laughs> oh, and he like drama was like ah a band I'll join, and then he got there and he was too socially awkward to like not play the drums. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> no, seriously enough, like, don't think that music ability has to necessarily be any part of it. I mean, it. the Sex like, Pistols are like a household name, and all of them sucked. Apart actually, from the guitarist. Yeah. The guitarist and drummer were like, if I remember rightly, yeah. weren't they both session musicians? They were actually both really good. Yeah, and they did, like, basically okay. most of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, scratch that. On Never Mind the Bollocks, uh, the guitarist, I wish I could remember his name, he did play the bass parts because um, Sid, Sid Vicious, Vicious was too busy having hepatitis. Yeah. So, like, no. yeah, and, like, like it's a real big thing in punk of just, like, really simple stuff or, like, bad stuff. And it's just, like, who cares? It's if you like, can play power chords, you can be in a band. Yeah. And even then, even if you can't, fucking be in a band if you want to be in a band. 
Fucking do yeah, it. Yeah, just find some vaguely like-minded people and then just stick at it for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Is, I guess, the only advice I can give. Yeah. And then one day you can be in a band for over ten years and get nowhere just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't say we haven't got anywhere. We do have a song about lobsters. <laughs> it's true. Okay, next up. Um, you've inspired me to get into... So this is all, this is all the same yeah. person. You've inspired me to get into the, into 40k. We're sorry, but I'm not sure. But I'm not sure where to start. He's, they, they've never played before, so for a beginner, do you suggest either slowly building up an army but aiming to get the whole army, or starting with something like getting a kill team squad as a sort of starter and then moving up from them? That would probably be a decent way of starting, considering then you just have like a squad to paint. Yeah, and then you could see how you feel. But kill team is it, it though it does use a variant of eighth edition's rules. It is its own rule set, mm. so it is not the same game on kind of a fundamental level. Yeah. So it depends on what you want out of it, really. Um, however, you can make these days. You can make. A perfectly functional small army quite yeah. easily. Um, the start collecting boxes. Um, they are actually quite good value for money. Yeah, which I think are like £55. Yeah, which sounds like a lot, but that's not that much in this hobby. Let me uh, <laughs> let me tell you. But yeah. like, no, for like a functional kind of like, it's all there. The start collecting boxes are actually pretty damn good. Yeah, you won't, you'll, you won't have like a battle-forged army, which is the like... Com- armies that you'd use in a competitive setting but you can have ones for just open play um that i think the start collecting boxes are probably about uh 400ish points maybe which is which is a nice size for learning yeah um or failing that you do of course have the um little introductory sets i think first strike is the smallest one and i think that's 25 pounds it's probably a bit more expensive now yeah and i'm i'm not 100% sure if they still make it i hope they do um, but that was like a, a little introductory one that comes with a little bit of like basic, um, I think it was like cardboard terrain and a little board and a, a small squad of, I think it was Reavers, maybe? And maybe. Um, some Death Guard and stuff. Um, and yeah, there's just like, there's plenty of ways to start off these days, I think. Yeah, the... you've got a lot more options yeah. than you used to. And it really depends on what you want, because... Like you can buy like those starter sets, but if you're not, if you don't want to collect Space Marines or Death Guard, if you like are super into Eldar or super into Necrons, then it's kind of you are in a way sort of wasting your money a little bit by buying models if you're not interested in them. You know? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's like getting a tattoo. You've got to just get what you want. Sod it all. Yeah. Although maybe don't start playing Imperial Knights because that means the outlay is like ninety odd quid. Well, I mean, if <laughs> if you've got the the um the disposable income for it, by all means, start with Imperial Knights if oh. you feel. Oh yeah, but just you know that's that's quite an expensive way to find out if you're going to be into a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling that like if you want to just have a test with things, get somebody on like um, what's the word tabletop. on tabletop simulator. Because they have a yeah, lot of models in there, and you can, if you want to try out an army, we've done this. Um, have like a dry run with basically like like the stats for that. Yeah, just yeah. give it a go. And if if you feel that maybe that's not how you want to play it, then yeah, have a look for a different army. But yeah, that's my advice. Um, but yeah, start with Kill Team if you want. But uh, but it is a slightly different game, mm. and I I can't say for certain but you I can't guarantee that what work like a, a squad that works for kill team is necessarily going to be a squad yeah. that works well for 
you know, the full game. Yeah. So Also, um, don't be afraid to go into your local GW, or Warhammer, as it's now known, and just ask for a game. Yeah. They'll they'll happily play a game with you, provided it's, like, not super busy. Yeah, and that can be a good way of, like, yeah. you know, and, figuring out yeah. if you if you want to get into the more main game, or you want to get into, you know, Kill Team specific. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hope that was vaguely useful. Or coherent. Okay, good. Right, um, just some, there's three more questions. Okay. So I'll just go just um, quick fire through these okay. before so we get on to someone else. Um, husbandu's, blah, blah, blah. husbando slash waifu ratings, please, <laughs> of a big long list of Overwatch characters, which we've probably most okay. mostly discussed McCree, before. Um, for husbando, just hands down wins every single time. And for yep. waifu, I'm going to go with Zarya or like... I'm going to go with Zarya. Because she could kill me, and I'm I'm super into that. Yeah. That's cool. What about you, Wiglet? But I was going to move on because I'm sure we've done many Overwatch people many times. Okay, I think we have. So what I was doing was skipping through that, and then the, it was a big long list of Overwatch characters, and Jeff Goldblum. Well, Jeff Goldblum is both the ultimate husbando and all waifu. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at least, he's not a character yeah, in Overwatch, so McCree still be. wins. He's not yet. Yeah, he probably is. He's probably most characters in Overwatch, if he wanted to be. If he wanted to be, but he isn't yet. Not officially. He's, he's yeah. uh, Hammond's uh, hidden ultimate. No one's found it yet. He just comes out and goes, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10. Excellent husband waifu. Yes. husband <laughs> Um Snipe. Yes. Quick anim- anime suggestions. Okay. You want me to suggest anime? Yeah, what are your favourites at the moment? Okay, uh, Ore wa Monogatari, or My Love Story, is amazing. <laughs> I I honestly love that anime so much, because it's like, it's, it is a romance anime, um, and it doesn't fall into any of the irritating trappings of romance media. You know, where like... Like, there's, there's little bits here and there, but it's not like, oh, these two characters feel something for each other, and they're going to be like, it's going to be a will-they-won't-they they for, like, two seasons. It could, which, oh, I fucking hate that. <laughs> That's the worst. You know what I mean? Or they keep getting into arguments, but it's just a misunderstanding, because one of them was doing something nice, like baking a cat. Ke- yeah, it's not like that. And it's just, it's just a really sweet feel-good anime it's really lovely and the main character Teko is amazing and his his mum is my fucking hero she is <laughs> so cool she's an ex-wrestler okay like, and she's just this solid fucking like Japanese woman like it's like when she was in labor with her son Takeo she literally picked up another woman who was also in labor and carried her to the delivery room <laughs> She's just so fucking amazing. You know, I, I actually realise, because uh, you're talking about this, of like... So there was a tweet that went around that I think is very accurate, which is, you know, um, it was like a happy face of Mario and a sad face of Mario, which is like, oh, wanting to, like, wanting to recommend an anime, but then remembering that one scene. Hello, Berserk. Um, you know, the bits in those that tend to get mm. very tropey into things that... <sighs> Um, you know, maybe the anime community should probably maybe take a little bit of a more critical eye on. Um, and I just re- and I remembered, you know what the perfect anime is? My ro- my love story. Uh, Mob Psycho 100. It is the pure, it is like if you want an action kind of anime, and it's one that has no elements that make you go. 
Well, I mean, there's no real elements in my love story. No, no, but either. I mean, but I mean, like one that is like kind of an uh, action, an, an action anime. Like, yeah, yeah. I was, and I was just thinking about it. I was like, yes, that is just kind of a nice, pure story yeah, uh, where yeah. you know, there's villains, there's there's bad things happen, there's good things happen, and just it's just cool. Yeah, Love Psycho One Hundred Grand. I still need to watch the rest of season two. So, yeah, no, we do, we do. Um, and the other one is a silent voice. Which is, mm. honestly, as a lowercase deaf person, lowercase d deaf person, is one of my favorite animes ever. It's a it's an anime movie um, about a little shithead kid who picks on this girl at school who's deaf. And it's kind of following him as an adult, and he stopped being a complete bastard and is really feels a lot of guilt and shame for what he put the poor girl through. And it's just like kind of like I'm not going to spoil it, but like it's a really sweet moment because he learns sign language because he just oh. feels so horrible. And like there's there's a couple of things of like you know how. Oh, this 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 person's story is so pure that when people were bullying them, they didn't do anything. You know that that weird kind of trope that is present. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not victim blaming. I'm just saying that there's literally a part in it where some girl is just smacking the shit out of her, and she's like, "Oh, please don't." And it's like, but like apart from that one little bit, it's a really sweet movie, mm. and it's. You know, it's it's kind of nice to see deaf people not looked at like they're some kind of freak. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. No, I get that. Yeah, I also, nice. I reminded me, I've been reading a manga, which I've actually, I actually quite like, that's about a, um, a guy, it's, it's kind of like, a, it, like set in an, uh, an MMO, but it's not. Oh, they that, just that have, whole thing, They yeah. just have stats. And this guy's like okay. his his stats have been plummeting. Like every time he he like does damage, his stats plummet. So like if he casts even one more spell, his ba- he'll basically die. Okay. So he has to just quit adventuring. And it's it's quite fun. It's quite cute. And it's called I'm a middle aged man who got my adventurer license revoked, but I'm enjoying a carefree lifestyle because I have an adorable daughter now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> You know when you sit there and you go, is that too long to make it the podcast title? I hope not. Oh, there was another one which was like, um, treating a knight who's never been treated like a woman in her entire life, even growing up in the boarding school as a female for the first time and watching her become a beautiful woman. It's like this big, I'm like, I'm sorry, fucking what? What What What's that about? Brevity is the soul of wit. Nah. 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 Nah, nah, Shakespeare doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. Yeah, I hope it was Shakespeare that said that. Yeah, because that would be that would be a, that would be a good reference uh, to a, <laughs> yeah. to an actual literary figure for once. Yeah, for me. but no, I mean, I haven't got through got through too many chapters of I'm a middle aged man who got my adventurer license revoked, but I'm enjoying a carefree lifestyle because I have an adorable <laughs> daughter now. But I'm gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, just wait. <laughs> thank you, okay, thank carry you. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that I, I find I'm a middle-aged man who got my adventure license revoked, but I'm enjoying a carefree lifestyle because I have a daughter now. Quite hard. Adorable daughter. That's what I said. I have an adorable daughter now. You didn't say adorable. Yeah, I did. I'm going to call you out. Fuck off. Live on Twitch. <laughs> okay, do you want to go stream then? Live, live on Twitch, not live on 
SoundCloud. Okay, <laughs> but regardless, I know it's not an anime, but I can <clears throat> heartily recommend. I'm a middle-aged man who got my adventurer license revoked, but I'm enjoying a carefree lifestyle because I have an adorable daughter now. Very nice. Hopefully, okay, it won't ahead. be like it won't have that one scene because it's it's like a 35 year old guy walking like like who's basically taken a like 10 year old girl into his care because ah. she's just got like no family or anything. And it's got these really cute kind of moments where he's trying to relate to her. And like, because they're traveling and it's like, it's basically kind of like soft D&D kind of rules. So he's basically like, let's just say that we're father and daughter. And she's like, that makes me happy. And I'm like, please don't ruin this, Japan. This is really heartwarming. (laughs) Do you remember when there was supposed to be quick fire questions? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Okay. Very last of these questions before we move on to the others. Um, Long question, I'm expecting quick answers. I've ordered the Firefly Adventures board game from a hobby store near my university. When I was filling in the order form, they made it very clear that I only have to pay for the board game when it, when it arrives and I collect it, and wasn't obliged to collect it if I didn't want it. It's been a while since I ordered it, and a couple of weeks after the owner guessed it might be there. Should I patiently wait and support the hobby shop I'm going to frequent the most, or should I order it from another shop for slightly cheaper and see which one arrives first? Hmm. I reckon... I'd go for the local go in and shop. Have a, yeah, like go and have a chat to the owner and say, look, what, do you what do you price time scale match? do you think it's going to be? Oh yeah, yeah that's worth you could just go look. Well. Look, I, I want to support your business, but I can get it cheaper here. Like you could do that if you wanted to be a little bit cheeky. But yeah, I think it's just it involves just having a word with them. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, when do you when do you think it's going to arrive? Oh. And then and then after after they've said something, go. Okay, well, if it hasn't arrived by then, maybe I might have to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Just to just to give them a bit of you know. Because if you're going to go back there, you want to stay on good terms with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't be like, not not that I'm thinking they would be a jerk, but no. yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. But yeah, give them go and give them a chance. But I think just go and have a chat as well. It's mm. probably worth it if you if you if, if it's local enough for you just to pop in. Yeah, yeah. Or give them a ring or email or whatever. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a sensible way, doesn't mm. it? I guess. Yeah. It's it's always frustrating when you've ordered something and you have to wait and you're like, oh, but do I do somewhere else or yeah? But no, I get yeah. you. Um. They also sent some doggo pics, which I put up on Twitter, you, if I remember. You on never remember. I have remembered for the last many times. Bullshit. To be fair. But anyway, thanks, River. That's all of your questions. Yes, thank you very yes, much. Thank and you. thank you for the, right. for the email yes, as well. Thank you. Nice. Thank, thank you. Um, moving on. Zingbo. This is another question about the band. Oh, good lord. So, sorry if, no, if someone isn't into music and doesn't care that we have a band. Yeah, if you're a fucking um, meanie butt. Doesn't like Scar like so, most people. Yeah, most people. <laughs> so yeah, there's a bunch of questions that are linked. So it's stuff like how did the band get together? Were you friends before, or did you become friends through being in the band? And then how did you settle on the style and genre you started playing? Ooh, okay, let me see if I can quick fire this. Give me a minute. <sighs> Wib and I were dating. Um, the original singer slash lead guitarist was Rick, which Wib worked with. Um, we got the we got drummer Matt in because he was a friend of Rick's. We became friends then. Rick left the band. We got Dicko in. We became friends. Uh, then Dicko was friends with Zoe, who we got in as our saxophonist. Ben, I don't fucking remember where he came from. Where the fuck did Ben come from? I I think probably notice board. I think he was a notice board. That's where we got Dicko from a notice board. Yeah, Dicko was a notice board. board. Yeah. And um, you and our first trumpet player. Was, was he? He was we, from a notice. He was board? a no, he yeah. was from a notice board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just at where he practiced. There was someone saying, you know, 
band wanted sort of poster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like trumpet player available kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we didn't, like, well, when we were playing with Rick, we were, we were kind of, Rick wanted to take the band in a more emo kind of like... Pop punk direction. Pop punk direction. We weren't really into that. And I and then, was the token scarhead who kept trying to sneak it in, and because I was the one yeah, writing a yeah, lot of stuff, I before, could sneak it before in. Joining, before joining this band, I hadn't really ever listened to Scar Same. music beyond, you know, there are a couple of tracks in, like, video game um, soundtracks or what have yeah. you. It's Superman by Goldfinger. Let's just be straight up. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, and I didn't not like it, and I enjoyed it, but I'd never listened to an album or even mm. adventured anywhere into any Scar stuff. I was apparently a sheltered child. <laughs> I'm still not a massive Scar fan. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, um, so when Rick left, because Wib had full control of... The, the, <laughs> there was no one to were, tell me no! Yeah, he's like... So <laughs> Wib was writing, like, basically all of the, the guitar stuff, and he just put skanking in everything so we were like shit guess we're a scar band now yeah. let's get some horns yeah. well because our very very first ep which wasn't ever really released God. has like four tracks of it and one of them wasn't really finished and we didn't even finish recording it but it was just called the scar song yeah because we weren't a scar band and then we had a song yeah. that was and vaguely scar right? just he just kept barreling us towards scar well it was just and we're like that's fine <laughs> well, I just... and then we all got better yeah at, at accepting it like we just got, became better people and became scar i mean i like people. i like playing scar because i actually have something to do on the bass yeah if you play, if you play a <laughs> yeah. pop punk band on bass like yeah. yeah that's why i didn't i wasn't a massive fan of the band when um, we were first in it because it was literally just oh could you just follow along with the guitar and i'm like i could <laughs> yeah but, but then, yeah, yeah that that's uh i think that's was there, was All there any questions? Other... Anything else? Did I no, miss? No, that sums it. That sums yeah. up. Okay. No, that's cool. good. Um, next up, Orion Faltrus. Good name. Um, dear, dear, melted Matt, sweltering snipe, and warm whip. <laughs> yep, that's pretty fucking accurate right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of upset. It's not moist Matt. <laughs> oh yeah, moist Matt. I am quite moist at the moment. I've got. I can just like feel at a rate of multiple drips per second like sweat drops forming on my body oh, and dripping down lovely. which is which is fun anyway um congratulations you've be- you've managed to receive the fabled blank check from games workshop hq gw have noticed that recent video games are focused on the old world of warhammer they would like you to use the blank check to design a game set in the new age of sigma setting what do you make oh snipe you're the right you're the writer, of age writer. Of sigma. so i would basically make it um, Mass Effect, but um, instead of going out and exploring everything, you go out and you meet Kruber, and then you do lots of kissing but with him. But he's from the old world. No, but he's in this one. Okay. Because he's he's a Stormcast Eternal, because he was a badass. And then you just do a bunch of kissing with him, and it's amazing. And that's... And I literally just put everything <laughs> into, like... <laughs> butt capture like so like so when his walk he walks or like does sex his butt jiggles in a very realistic fashions i'd have them developing new shaders so you could see his perfect perfectly hairy body Would you... glistening in the candle snipe my dear yes darling my 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 wondrous Whatever you are. Um, <laughs> would you mind if I gave an answer that is 50% more serious than yours? Oh, I'm fucking serious, honey. I know you're serious, but like but, one that I mean, could actually happen. It could! They've just I given me a played, check. I haven't played much Age of Sigma, but do they have spaceships? They mm. do not. No. Do they have characters who aren't in the Age of Sigma setting? 
Well, I mean, okay. So to make your perfect Age of Sigma game, Snipe, you've taken two things not from the Age of Sigma. Yeah. I didn't just say spaceships. I just want, like, it's going to be, like, sailing. They, okay. they they do travel between realms because uh, Age of Sigmar's yeah. got kind of a, a, yeah. a, a field of like, sort of yeah. multiple yeah. levels. Yeah, exactly. And it'll have like okay. the hub okay. will be like in your boat and it'll be like a spell jammer ship from D and D and you can just like fly off places. Okay. And basically okay. it's just for scenery as you bang Kruber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think would be really nice. It's basically, oh, it's, and like you're the one who's made that fucking porn hidden object game, and it's what? just Kruger, isn't no, it? No, no, that would be very silly. I'm I didn't gonna give a, just buy a game making bit of software or anything. I'm going to give my answer now. Okay. Okay. Still think one's the. I best. know very little about Age of Sigma, but what I do know is that there is a character called Hamilcar Bear Eater who yells his own name whilst launching himself. Does he just go people. Hamilcar? Yes. Bear. So did he eat a bear? I think so. Oh no, he ate a bear. <laughs> he so is, what you should do is have like a Mass Effect style game where you have Hamil Hamilcar Bear Eater, and you just can dress no, him think, up in. It, you could. Oh, he has. No, no, he, no. Like his sex scene starts with him lying on a bear skin rug. Okay, can, can I can I say words, please? I mean, I don't know. Can you? Yes, I can. But I'm Good wondering, you, I'm wondering if, I, if I can have an access point to, to be able to put forth my words. You should know me by now. Um, I want a game that's like a character action game with Hamilcar, where you just launch at people, screaming his own name. Is there a button to scream his own name? Yes. There Hamilcar! Is there is definitely a button, and maybe you might eat a bear at some point. Okay, so take this to Devolver Digital, because they'll do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. They will um, apps if they haven't got a game like that already. He is all I remember about the actual lore of Age of Sigma <laughs> because he's he's Saxton Hale in Warhammer yeah. basically. So yeah, that's what I want. I want a Hamilcar game. It's like hold on there. This Ogren, I like the this Ogren's pepper sauce. <laughs> what would you do, Matthew? Honestly, like he's going to agree with me because he's a man I, of I, taste. I will, well, those they, those both sound excellent. I don't have any better suggestions purely because. No, if you play Age of Sigmar and you enjoy it, that's fine. But to me, I really enjoyed Warhammer. Like, you know, old world setting Warhammer. Mm. And to me, the Age of Sigmar is just, they've take, they've made they've taken everything that made Warhammer fantasy interesting and different to 40k, taken it all out, and now it's just boring 40k. <laughs> okay, so as the I'm... sole ed- like writer, editor, and rules maker of Age of Sigma, that hurts to hear. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm but glad I'm, I... you can you feel secure in our friendship to tell me. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad, and I'm not judging anyone who likes it. And I would really like to like it, mm. but I liked all the like you know the weird old tech and the weird like rat people and the weird like you have blocks of solid blocks of armies as which made it different to play at, play compared to 40k. Whereas now it's you know there's no units in the same way anymore like you know blocky units and there's no and they're sort of they're stopping making a lot of the interesting old you know dwarven and empire techie gun weird that sort of stuff and now it's just sort of I don't know it's just kind of like forty k well now, I mean but... your your criticism has been yeah. noted and I will try and no. get something out that maybe you'll like <laughs> like I, I think I'd judge it less if he didn't take away the old thing and not that I played it for a while anyway so I can't really judge anything anyway <laughs> I mean that's honest. the reason is because everyone but, did what but, you well, did and yeah. stuff like well, I would have loved to keep playing it I'd love to keep playing it now but no one else did that was the yeah. problem <laughs> Um, so I can see why they did it and fine but I just don't see the point I will say <laughs> uh, I will say um, 
Age of Sigmar's model line is fucking amazing these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the quality really cool of it stuff. is. Really I think they have things high. that are less shit than the Eternal people that are just shit space. <laughs> the Sigmarines, don't be rude. Um, yes, and they've... everyone uses like that one head to make models of me, and it makes me feel good. <laughs> Yeah, there is one particular one with the side shaved head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. um, but no, yeah, um, I I especially like the night haunt. Really the night cool. haunt are fucking um, rad. Who are all ghosts? This really yeah, the, you models. can have like boob armor tit ghosts as well. Boob armor tit ghosts. Boob yeah. armor tit ghosts are pretty good, and then you have the Ideneth Deepkin, which are fine. But I like this, the octopus, the has, octopus a has a knife, so that's <laughs> fine. That's that army. Daughters of Cain are pretty rad, are pretty rad too. Mm-hmm. I've mm, written some okay. really good stuff, honestly, if I do okay. say so myself. You, start, you, you started off a bit hairy, but I'll, I'll forgive you if you get there. <laughs> I um, started off hairy. Yeah. I mean, that's not really the way it works. We all kind of get more hairy as we get older. Okay. <laughs> so, next up, Bioman. Um, first off is a sci-fi recommendation for Wib, which I assume you've already watched, seeing as it is a sci-fi show from the 90s. <laughs> what, is it Space Above and Beyond? No, Babylon 5. Uh, I have not watched enough of it, honestly. I oh, think God, I've, I've only seen, five. like, the first oh, season Oh, I was or so thinking of, of Andromeda and my brain just Oh, had no. It. Oh. No, no, the difference between Babylon 5 and Andromeda is that Babylon 5 is good. Yeah. And doesn't contain <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. So, oh, he is such a prick. And doesn't contain pube-covered bats as an enemy race. Pubits. The pubits. Pubits. Um, yes, uh, Babylon 5 is in my long list of things to actually watch all the way through. I've seen enough of it to know that, yes, it is quite good. Although the CGI has not aged well, because I think it's one of the first yeah. big sci-fis to use CGI for all of its ships. Uh-oh. And it's done in the mid-90s, and it looks like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. Um, Bioman's question. What's the best way to integrate yourself into a pre-existing internet community as someone who's been a serial lurker? I just say, because like, as a fellow serial lurker, uh, hypothetically, um, <laughs> it's like when you do start sticking your head out and going hi and trying to get involved in conversations, people might not super pay that much attention to you, but you just got to keep at it. That's the problem. Yeah, just... You just got to keep like, if someone's like, oh, hi, everyone, how's everyone doing? And you can't, you've got to kind of jump in and go, yes, I'm fine. Thank you. How about yourself? And then just you've just got to kind of slowly con- like up your contact levels. I'm talking as if this is chemistry. <laughs> yeah, you do. You just start. You, it, unfortunately, it is the you answer is you just, just have, have to walk to in and go, hi. Yeah. And it's really it makes you feel super awkward and shy when you do that. But like you just need to kind of go, hi, everyone, I'm here and I will talk to you. Yeah, just when, you know, like, say... Because annoyingly, like, I had to figure this out multiple times myself. People won't just... They won't just talk to you for no reason. It's annoying and it sucks. Alternately, just make videos for, like, seven years until people can't ignore you. Mm. That's the long game plan. <laughs> that's, the lo- yeah. that's the long game plan, because then people start talking to you and the awkwardness is mm-hmm. is slightly, uh, or slightly less. Yeah, there. or introduce yourself as well, depending on the community and how they do that. Yeah, it, it is It is unfortunately something with no tricks. It's just, you just got to start talking to people. Mm, that's why it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, absolute worst. Okay, good. Uh, next up. Althalin. Hello. So, a couple of recommendations first. So, I know you've collectively mentioned before wanting to play one of the 40k tabletop RPGs. Yes. So, they say Wrath and Glory, being the most recent and shiniest, is definitely worthwhile. Um, if you're looking for something that maybe 
more suited for a high casualty one slot, so I'd definitely recommend checking out Dark Heresy 2nd Edition. Okay, cool. So, recommendations? I'm sure we'll at one point get around to playing a 40, 40k RPG. <sighs> I have no I mean, idea when. Like, but... We're having trouble getting around to playing standard D&D yeah. <laughs> right yeah. now, but, yeah. Um, their question, have you considered hosting a community game event? So, something wherein people can play multiplayer games against you? Sort of We've thing, had a, few, a couple of those in the past. Um, and honestly, the trickiest part is just finding games to play with people. Because we've just we've played Space Marine a couple of times. Cause it's one of the things that a but lot of people But that's like have. a maximum of like seven players, including one of us. So there's like eight, eight. There's like four people each side. Well, there's more, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, no, it's like sixteen players. Okay, but yeah, it's like, whatever. Um, but yeah, we've we've done a lot. We've done it in the past. We we do mean to kind of do more, but it is it is incredibly taxing, and it is a huge amount of effort to, to organize and. Uh, I think there is like um, the, the whole thing of that these things they do take a bit a, a bit of effort and as we as we've probably worked out we're a little bit socially awkward so these things are are kind of awkward to kind of get sorted because it takes a lot of like mental space to do and we we end up like missing out on making video shit to do something like that so <laughs> it's yeah it's a tricky one um, some people in the community do occasionally organise them though. Uh, which we're very grateful of. Yeah. Uh, which we occasionally uh, saunter in on. It's usually Space Marine. Actually, I think that's yeah. the problem. It's just, yeah, there's so much. It's, it's kind of hard to get, like, a specific game together. Yeah, because um, like, if it's any bigger, like, something like a TF2 server, like, we can't just have our own server. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's yeah. just a tricky one. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Um, next up, nearly at the end, Agent Sinister. Hello. For someone who's inexperienced in painting miniatures, do you have any recommendations for doing small details? You know, sort of eyes in helmets, for example, and that sort of, you know. I would say when it comes to eyes, don't ever point them forward. Always have them looking to the side. Yeah, that's... Because um... it's really hard getting them symmetrical, facing, like, straight on. Yeah. But it's actually a hell of a lot easier and more forgiving if you just have them looking to the side a little bit. Although I think from the thing there, it's more about, like, painting the eye lenses on helmets. Oh, I've not... No fucking clue. Yeah, and just small, and just, yeah. just small details um, in general. What I tend to do with small details is that I will give a base coat of the surrounding area for whatever colour that needs to be. And then I'll go in and do the small detail... But not worry too much if I start covering the outside area. Like, say, if you're doing like a space marine helmet, for the easiest example, like, say, you're painting a red eye lens, um, is to paint the eye lens and not worry how neat it is, because then I can go in and neaten it up afterwards, because I haven't done the surrounding area. Like, I'll do the eye first and then work outwards from that. Um, that's how mm, I tend okay. to do like fine detail stuff. Is to make sure that I'm not going to by if I'm if I can't be super neat with it that I'm not going to be damaging the area around it because I haven't done that area yet to sort of move outwards from those bits. That's how I do it. Um, but it is just a you know it's a learned skill. Um, just try and get a nice point on your brush. Um, don't get too much paint on it. Paint on it. Hold your breath. Not too long. <laughs> you do have a problem holding your breath for an absurd amount of time while painting fine details. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and just sticking, sticking your tongue out usually helps for me. Okay. That's a good tip. It's, it's honestly just, um, trial and error, figuring out what works (laughs) for you. And yeah, just, just do the the basic things of, yeah, just don't have too much pout in your brush and yeah, don't, don't use a big brush while doing it. Use the smallest one you've got. Um, and just go slow. 
don't worry about getting it right first time because you can neaten it up afterwards. Would be my yeah. sort and, of general idea. And the really boring answer that I want to say is, as with a lot of these things, just keep doing it. Yeah, just and eventually you'll be good at it, and you won't notice. You won't better. notice that you're good at it, and then suddenly you'll look at your like the most recent model compared to your first. You're like, shit, I got good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a point. If you're coming yeah. back into the country soon, how much longer until you start? Uh, you know, yeah, getting a new army. Not long. Not long, because <laughs> I'm coming back into the country in, as of recording, less than a month. Yeah, which is. Mildly terrifying. <laughs> are you going to carry on with your um, tower, or are you going to? Do well, something yeah, new? I'm going to. I want. I want to finish off my tower army, or at least I want to finish off the ones I've got that I might use, and I want to buy one of the big dudes that we played a lot with tabletop simulator. The Storm. Surge. I don't know which. Storm mm-hmm. Surge or something. Um, one of the big ones to do. Yeah. Um, once I've done that, I do want to get a second army. I was eyeing up. Well, now I need your. I sort. I feel like your. I need your permission tonight because I've been eyeing up. I think I mentioned on the podcast before. I've been eyeing up the um, Gene Steeler cult models. Okay. But they are still technically a, like a Tyranid army. Sort it's of. okay. And if you've just started one, that feels a little bit. You have my explicit permission. Plus, Gene Steeler cults are radically different in yeah, how they play. They yeah, are, like, yeah, they are. Yeah, they yeah, like yeah. Especially how they play compared to. I really like the idea of doing one without any of the weird... I just like doing them as a weird offshoot of... Because I've wanted a guard army for ages as well, but like, I, it's too close to a tower army. I know there's big differences, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like pretty shitty troops with quite a lot of them with some big things with big guns on. Yeah. yeah. Broad, very broadly speaking, they're quite similar. But I feel like this one sort of ticks a box of being enough different, and I'll just have like a very vehicle-based one. No, dude, that sounds really cool, or something. and I'd really like to see So it. not really have any, or I, I haven't really looked into it, but not have much, especially in the way of the actual, you know, ver- like more mutated dudes, and just have it as like a sort of, you know... An early stage, of, like... Yeah, really early stage, but they've been kicked out of the Imperium for whatever reason or so I don't I haven't really thought about fluff wise. No, yet. but that does sound super but, cool. but something like something like that. Yeah. No. And yeah, I'll be, I'm moving right. back and Ruth's not joining me for at least a few months because she's still working she, she here for a bit. She can't stop So, <laughs> And I can't take my game, I can't take my, because I'm coming back, but I'm moving back to the UK by train because I get more luggage by train than I do by plane, but that's still not a lot, it's still like one big suitcase and a small mm. bag to move all my stuff back. Which means I can't bring my gaming computer because that's approximately the size of two of me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to want something to do in the evenings. So I feel like I, that, know, that's the when, point when, when I get. You know, during your refractory period, yeah. you just start painting some models. You know. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Sorry, I had to make it gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but. Not not long before I can actually get back into painting yeah. something, which would be nice because I've just not had any forty oh, k stuff can, over here. You can come France. over if you want to stay for like a weekend or whatever, and we can just have like a big painting kind of thing, and then we can go to Warhammer World if you want. And I mean, we've got yeah. like five fucking armies these days, yeah. So, yeah. so we need all the help yeah. we can yeah. get with painting. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Very last question then. So, guys, the tans. Hello. Which is, I, I I asked Ruth to translate, and it's something like ghostly dance or dance of a ghost or something oh okay or something or something like that i can't no neither did i but i was like hang on it's german ruth what does this mean yeah um or something like that i've probably translated that really badly but i just never really will will email you and tell you that you're terrible and wrong yeah that that's that's fair i might be wrong i didn't check with 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 them as to what it meant Mm -hmm. so i'm 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 implying meaning onto the name (laughs) but i just didn't even think about translating it until i was just like hang on but anyway 
the question is, if you could play as animal characters in a D&D session, so either your characters get turned into animals or you play like the critters of a ma- magical forest, what Werewolf. animal slash class would your character be? Werewolf. For example, they, they would say a raven rogue or an owl wizard. That would be really cool. I'd be a werewolf. You can't be a werewolf because a werewolf isn't an animal. It's, it's a mythical no, creature. You'd be a, you'd, be a, you'd be a wolf. You'd be okay. a wolf. I'd be a wolf paladin. You can be a werewolf in normal days. Or I'd be a wolf lock. A wolf werelock. Wolf lock. A wolf lock. Wolf lock. Yeah. Okay. A wolf eldritch blast. <laughs> <laughs> that's my best Ford. No, it's my best <laughs> Caleb impersonating Ford. Yeah. I don't know why, but my head has suddenly been filled with the idea of having an otter rogue. And I don't know why, but that just seems really fun Because then to if me. anyone accuses otter you of pickpocketing, great. you can go, that's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and then they'll be like, we're fucking clamping you in irons, and then you'd like, be I'm executed. Sorry. It'd be horrible, actually. Um, I don't know why I have that draw, I want, I draw to that, but I'm going to go with Okay, okay. I want to be a cockatoo bard. Okay, yeah. Yes! yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, you win the podcast. Yeah, I win the podcast. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'd like to thank everybody. Would you look like that picture you've got on your phone of the cockatoo wearing sunglasses? Yeah. yeah. But I'd also have, like, a loot yeah. <laughs> just hanging off me. <laughs> what would you be, Matt? I feel like a cat saucer would be good because cats are kind of dicks and sorcerers have a propensity to be kind of dicks. That's so fair. That's I feel fair. like just a cat sorcerer who just like shoots magic off at basically anything, and you know the source sorcerers cats just knock things off tables for no reason, and sorcerers kind of do the same thing, <laughs> but with fireballs. So, I'm really desperately trying to figure out a pun based on a saucer of milk, but I just can't get it. <laughs> sorcerer, yeah, yeah. There's something there. Milk and, and cat sorcerer. Better than us. Uh, uh, yeah. See, I was just going to be like roll initiative, right? Meow. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you lost the podcast. Yeah. No, over. I was so. <laughs> no, I know. Right now, you're thinking, "How dare he say something like that?" But God, fucking damn it! <laughs> it's like I was gonna do that, but then Wib came in, and he's so fast. He's like pasteurized before I can even fucking say anything. Uh, uh, don't have. We a just cow. Need, we just need to go. We just we just yeah. need to stop. That's the end of the questions, end of the podcast. Okay, literally, that's it. That's the last Welcome episode. Welcome back, me. Look what I did. Yay. I'm a cockatoo bard now. <laughs> yep. I really want that character, actually. I'll Wait. just be a Kenku that's, that, that was literally raised this... in, like, in, like some, some place where, like... Well, there's another type of bird race that doesn't have the... Um... The Krakoa? Arakoa? Can't remember. It's, it's yeah. where, it's where um, yeah, WoW stole their bird people yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll just it's be quite a... often banned in official things because it, you can fly right from the beginning, and that's just far too overpowered. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll put it that I can't fly because I tried to cut. Well, just for official like, things, like hair. if we were playing it, that'd like, be fine because it's fun. You can have yeah. one that's afraid that's of flying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. So it's just like what it's you the fly, can fly but they choose not to. <laughs> okay, why is she just scream? <laughs> And then when I get angry, I'll be like that angry cockatoo called George, who when their owner was like, we're going to the vet, he had a tantrum and and went and had, like, because you know how Is this a like, YouTube video we're talking about? Yeah, he like okay. does big stamps and goes into the closet and goes, and just, just muttering angrily under his breath, like walking around stamping. And it's like, George, we need to go to the vet. And he looks, he stops, he looks up and he goes, and just carries on having a tantrum. I'll just be like that. Okay. 
Oh, okay. that's basically okay. me anyway. I yeah, remember. You, do you remember, Matt? Remember? You don't like going to the vet. No. Remember when I sent you that that gif of the lady with a cockatoo on her shoulder who had a pen that was wiggling around and just started smacking her in the head repeatedly? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I love cockatoos because they do things like this. And you were quiet for a second and went, "You do realize that you're just a cockatoo." <laughs> and I was like, "Shit, my life makes sense now." So yeah, I'm gonna be a cockatoo bard. That sounds okay. amazing. Okay, thank you for joining us. I'm gonna go roll up a cockatoo bard. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, and welcome back, Bye. to Drummer Matt. Yay! Welcome back, Yay. and goodbye. <laughs> Bye.